Stephen, I have been studying for this certification thing, mm. and uh, I came across the term semi-annual, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, well, I, I have to memorize all these definitions and all of these uh, specifics for this exam I'm taking soon, and I was like, what do they mean by semi-annual? Because it has two functioning definitions, mm-hmm. right? It's like every six months, but also... Pfft, Every two years, why not? Right, I hate that, that back and forth. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why can't we use biannual? So I looked up the word biannual, Mm -hmm. and it said, uh, yeah, like people kind of use it for every two years, but there's no real consensus on it, so it's not really, hasn't really caught on. Mm. My guys, what are we, what are we doing? We're talking about time measurement. We're trying to be accurate with this shit. And so we've got like, it could be like uh, six months from now, could be... 24 months from now. You tell me. Right. You know? There's such a wide you chasm. You show up to one. It. The other people show yeah. up to the other. It's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. And the problem with, like, if it's actually supposed to be two years, mm-hmm. that version of semi-annual, and you show up, like, six months later, are you going to be like, right. well, didn't work this time. Another six months on the clock. <laughs> so you have to check back four times before you get there you know yeah because you don't really know and i didn't know when you yeah. said that yeah i've always thought of like the bi bi-weekly bi bi-annually uh semi-annually i think it was even worse because it uh, semi what doesn't that doesn't really tell me anything uh yeah. like semester it's kind of like half a year mm-hmm. yeah but that also i think can be uh you know whatever they want it to be like i, I assume like you could have you know shorter semesters longer semesters depending on yeah. the school. So it's like, I don't really get any kind of vibe from that word. I don't like that that word's vibe, man. <laughs> I don't trust it. I feel like there's some type of uh, subtle uh, anti-gay mm. um, sentiment going on behind uh, the lack of use of biannual. Like mm-hmm. People are like, no, dude, hey, man, it's way too close to bi-anal. You know what I'm saying, dude? <laughs> way too close. Can't have that. We got to get that out of the books. Yeah, no more absolutely. biannually. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I feel like also a really cool, like, gay party to go to would be the biannual. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Every year we go to it. <laughs> Happens semi-annually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Show up, I guess, whatever. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I would like to, yeah. What if that was an event that someone planned for every two years? They're like, every year's too much. Six months would be ridiculous. But every two years is pretty good. And then everybody else yeah. just starts showing up every six months. And they're like, well, fuck it. We got to now. (laughs) It's in the paperwork. We can't reprint it. Nobody knows what's going on. Get out the confetti. Just like being pissed off about decorating for a lovely event. I didn't budget for twice a year. I budgeted for every two years. (laughs) I don't have enough balloons. (laughs) Well, I hear that China has some. I know. There's a few around. Yeah. And some, trying to help us some out. straight up UFOs right now. There's been other ones that haven't been identified as balloons. So you tell oh, me really? aliens or not. <laughs> they're just like pinatas filled with helium they're sending up. What if they were trying to send us pinatas as, a, as like a welcome present? They're like, hey, we're sending this in peace. And we blow it up and yeah. candy goes everywhere. Like intergalactic <laughs> candy goes everywhere. Oh, that'd be right. Like, oh, no. And. But it's just over the ocean, so only the whales get it. <laughs> Stupid whales. <laughs> yeah. It's like plutonium. That's what the aliens eat. Oh, yeah. That's their candy, you know? It just rains down an apocalyptic event on us. That sounds like it could happen. I'm not, I mean, I'm not in politics, but it uh, seems like that might be going down. They're not telling us a lot of info right now. Yeah. What? Hey, uh, politics? What are you hiding from us? <laughs> 
that wasn't fair because it made me cough and I was trying to laugh. But mm. uh, I do feel like, um, you know, there could be some aliens out there. They're trying to communicate with us and uh, and they're just the government is just not letting us talk to them. So I made a sign. Yeah. Okay, I made a T-shirt. Uh, I also just started wearing uh, like an alien face mask that I got years ago, you know, just around <laughs> yeah. just to show I'm friendly. I'm one of you guys. <laughs> I got lost. Pick me up. Uh-huh. Then I get it from the inside. That way I can plant my bombs inside. Oh, you OK. Because yeah. I always carry around some C4. I don't FBI. But for the bit, <laughs> I do. For the bit, you do. Yes. And absolutely. I'm going to stick it up there because apparently it's sticky, like ticky tack. So. Oh, OK. Put it up there. What if you get up there and they already used uh, like that sticky tack stuff mm-hmm. to hang up pictures of like Ferraris and Lamborghinis <laughs> and stuff? We hit up a Scholastic Book Fair on the way. We got erasers and posters. <laughs> no fucking books. They're like, yeah. books fucking suck. And that's how we know that Brit likes them. Uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny Are you an the alien? presence of my alien brethren. Oh, fuck. Uh, sisterin. Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, non-genderin. <laughs> Yeah, would they... Do you think they'd be cool, though? I mean, they came to Earth, we're shooting them out of the sky. Do you think they'd be cool with that? Um, probably not. That seems like a, a hostile sign, Damn. if I ever saw one, you know? I, I was reading about these last night, because there, like there was one shot over Alaska, and then one over Canada, and they, were, they are oh, just calling thank them. God mm-hmm. uh, fucking Sarah Palin shot that one down Dude, over Alaska. Dude, she got all the guns. She does, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she got him right away, which is which is really good of her. She really should have been our president. I mean, I think that's what we're getting at, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she had a lot of really good ideas. She had a lot of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I heard about those last night, and I was just like, uh, yeah, we're definitely watching Independence Day tonight. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. we had actually already started it the other day, totally unrelated, mm-hmm. and then uh, forgotten about it. We were watching some other shows that I'll mention today on the show, but. Uh, yeah, and then I was like, well, after this, like, we have to watch it. Like, I don't really think that they're yeah. unidentified. I think they're just not telling us they are identified. I don't think they're mm. really aliens, but they could be. And so that's mm. where Independence Day comes in. Okay. That, I mean, that works, you know. So I'm just going to send Will Smith after him. <laughs> Punch him right in the face. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, he's, gonna, he's in a fighter jet, but they cut a little, like, uh, hole in <laughs> oh. it so he can stick his hand out and just, like, slap the shit out of him. Get over here. <laughs> I did say to Amanda last night, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the sequel to Independence Day, Independence Day Resurgence. Um, it's not great, oh. but, I, but I like it. I enjoyed it in the theater with Amanda's family. We all had a good time. We loved that first movie. And uh, so we watched the second one, but uh, Will Smith declined to come back because, uh, spoiler alert, it's not that great. I just happened to like the movie and the mythology okay. they, they did. But uh, mm-hmm. have you ever seen the sequel even? No. You're acting uh-huh. like, yeah, you didn't know. So Will Smith in the movie, spoiler alert, but I'm just going to tell you right now. He he doesn't show it. He's like, this script is not good. I have way more cachet than this movie. I, I don't need this movie anymore. They need me. So I'm just going to bow out. So they kind of like yeah. unceremoniously like he died in like a test flight action, you know, thing. And then they just like they just like show a portrait of him and they move on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, man, they really should have just waited to green like that sequel till now, because I bet he'd be coming back now. <laughs> yeah. And it might be like a big resurgence movie for him, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. But uh, yeah. I was like, well, they did it too early, you know. Welcome back to Earth. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he could have been the, the triumphant return of Will after his uh, his Oscars debacle. So 
I mean, we have welcomed back, uh, welcomed back Tom Cruise, right? Like right. Maverick, you know, everyone's it's skeeting fun. all over this oh movie. My God, you know? So it's, it's so like, good. yeah, but he, you know, he's got some problematic views of, uh, you know, with Scientology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that movie's really fucking good. I don't know if people yeah. watch it or not, but it's, that movie's pretty pretty good. No, no, no just hand look, holes to punch people, but other than that, the yeah. fighter pilot scenes were pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that'd be like the one criticism you can right. have about Top Gun Maverick, but otherwise, there's not I mean, enough like, air fist fighting. Like everyone, you know, like we can just forgive everyone. It's fine. Yeah. Everyone gets one. Yeah, and I feel like. I feel like Will's yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I only didn't I didn't realize until just now that the Oscars are coming up now. So it's been like a oh, yeah. year? That doesn't it seems like it was just like three months ago that it happened, right? Wasn't that at the Oscars though? Uh I I think so. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. Like I didn't realize <laughs> uh, let's let Will out of the doghouse, guys, is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but only to make an Independence Day sequel. Only, yeah, he has to come back mm-hmm. for part three. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stipulation. I don't know if anybody's begging for that, even me. But uh, I do like those movies. So, uh, what do you say? Let's blow up some balloons, and we're doing it. I'm Stephen. I'm Brent, and welcome. Let's talk about stuff. Uh, Brent, what do we got going on today? Oh my God, Stephen! I'm so glad you asked. Today we're doing a pop culture catch up. You and I have been storing up some some backlogs of movies and whatnot it that hurts. we've uh, seen, mm-hmm. and yeah, I know. <laughs> I know we've just been like, uh, good thing we practice those male Kegel exercises, oh, yeah. you know, together, uh, just so we can like keep it keep it flexed the entire time right. until this very episode uh, that we can uh, decompress, relax, mm-hmm. and just let the pop culture flow forth from um i don't know we'll, why not? <laughs> we'll see what relaxes what comes out <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah man. i've got a i've got uh, some stuff i wanted to discuss with you excellent i'm very excited for that um to start yeah. us off i have no fun soda but i did wait to pop my top here with yeah. my coca-cola uh, take them tatties out oh god it's just so good they just really know the sound it's just uh, classic Coca-Cola. Is that a... <laughs> You're welcome. What's up? Is that a... Uh, how many ounces is that? That's uh, that's not a mini can. That's, that's a, not a I, mini can. I, no, man. No, I got a man can. I got a man can in my hand. I got 12 fluid ounces, brother. Hell yeah. Women can drink this too. I don't, I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. I mean, you know, it's just... It just it, it felt good. I did know? see a thing the other day on Reddit that said as, early, or as late as 2011, Dr. Pepper was using a slogan, a, a marketing campaign that said, Dr. Pepper, it's not for women. What? I don't remember that happening. But apparently oh, as recently as 2011, that has happened. I think that's hilarious. It's not because for women. Amanda, my wife, loves Dr. Pepper. And I think mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper is specifically for everybody. I don't know why mm-hmm. that would be a thing at all, but I was like, wow, you guys really <laughs> you guys really like <laughs> went on a journey there. I was picturing you guys at a, a gathering of people and she walks up with a soda. You're like in a, a group conversation. She walks up with a, a soda of a, a dark cola and uh, you're in the middle of speaking. You catch her out of your periphery holding that and you go. Uh, Hold on a second, uh, guys. Uh, Amanda is, uh, is that a Dr. Pepper? She's like, yeah. And you just like gently take it out of her hands and set it to the side. Well, shaking my head to my other guess. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll, I don't know what's mm-hmm. wrong with her. I'll, I will definitely beat her later. 
Mm-hmm. She knows her place. Here, you have this Sierra Mist. <laughs> Beverage that will definitely be around for a very long time. Everybody knows that only clear sodas are, are only what uh, women are allowed to drink. Because the dark yeah. sodas make them uh, rowdy. There's too much caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they can't handle it. Yeah. With their uh, uh, fragile egos and fragile fragile bodies. They're just not allowed. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's just like, oh, my God. We, we are having our fainting couch reupholstered. <laughs> Dr. Pepper branded fainting couches. <laughs> yeah. um, there's got to be like an actual doctor named pepper out in the I world hope there's right? one there's gotta be i hope there's a guy named dr salt and everybody's oh, like hey wow. do you like he's like i've heard it my whole life please leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> hate the stuff never touch it <laughs> just like move on i am a woman obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> wraps this death the scope around his neck Oh, man. Damn. Well, uh, yeah, so we're, today we're just doing a pop culture catch-up. Uh, one of the, the topics, Brent, I mentioned I, I have like a bunch. I think it was for the outtakes. I had like a bunch of possibilities. Uh, one of them was that we had friends over last night for pizza. And uh, my buddy Jay, who uh, we had recently mentioned for his list, he gave me of uh, other movies to watch if you like RRR, um, mm. which I was going to try to bring to the show today. And I totally forgot to look up uh, again what his list was. But... Uh, he had asked, he's listened to a few episodes of the show, apparently, and he was like, how do you come up with all, like, so much content? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's been our whole thing, content. We just have to have, like, we got to fill yeah. out the show. And he was like, how do you just watch so much stuff? And I was like, I don't know. And that was, that was, that's not a problem. I was doing that anyway. I, the show it's, is. It's the name of the show. Right. It's like, that's, that's what we got to do. Stuff is in the title. You we just got to do stuff. it. Yeah. Uh, right. So, uh. But it was interesting because he um, uh, he had mentioned that and I was like, yeah, you know, like over time, I think we just got better at being, you know, interviewing people and, and trying to improv. And then uh, but the show watching, you know, that that's just for like, generating the actual show content, I suppose. But the uh, the show watching itself, uh, I never really had a, a problem with uh, because we already did it. But um, yeah, I did find his list. I wanted to mention this quickly because I had mentioned that we had mentioned it a few times now. Other movies that if you liked RRR that you could watch from uh, uh, Bollywood or Tollywood. Um, so he had mentioned two of them on Amazon. I hope they're still available there. Um, called Bahabuli, Bahabuli, uh, one and two, and uh, that one is also going to be like a big. They're like two big epic, like historical movies, kind of like RRR. But he liked them better. It's by the same director, um, SS Rajamuli. And then there's another oh. one called KJ, KGF one and two, um, that is uh, also I think on Amazon. KGF is set in the 1950s and it's kind of like uh, gang violence stuff. So that one seems oh, really okay. interesting to me for uh, that type of movie, but that type of film genre because mm-hmm. uh, I'm used to only RRR essentially. I'm used to that big epic historical thing. But um, yeah, so there's uh, there's a few of them. Um, I think the, I love it if yeah. like in this Bollywood or Tollywood style movie, uh, even though it takes place in like India, they're still like what's well, the 1950s gangs so it's like hey see <laughs> that's what i'm, I'm gonna give you the 20, <laughs> 22 skidoo ash a cigar in someone's face i'm so curious what it's gonna be yeah. like and i was like in my head i only think of 50s gangs like as an american thing like i can only picture american movies of that really but i'm like i'm sure there's a, like even like british movies that maybe that i've seen of that sort of you know ilk but uh for this one mm. 
uh, I'm like, yeah, what does this mean? Is it set in India? Like, they, do they have the same kind of stuff? Is it just borrowing that type of look for that? I'm so curious about it. That one, that one's the one I really want to watch. So, um, as I yeah. mentioned, I, I was hoping this year we'd get to a few more of them, but we were, uh, we were all discussing RRR last night and why it's such a, a worldwide juggernaut, but, uh, it certainly is. And it's mm-hmm. been really fun. So there's a, a few more movies to check out. So thank oh, you. For sure. Thank you yeah. for my buddy, Jay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Uh, should we get into Let's it? Let's do it, brother. Oh, boy. Man, like I said, been backed up. Something you wanna, fierce. Do you need to let it out right now? Let me go ahead and, and let one of these out. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about a South Korean film from 2022 called Decision to Leave. Uh, I had heard about this movie just from, like, um, I guess, uh, like, the those movie lists at the, the end of a year where it's, like, the, the best uh Ooh. films of, right. of 2022 or whatever and this was on a couple of those lists and uh i looked it up on the fantastic just watch app an app that everyone should know about Damn i try to sing its praises all the time <laughs> uh, but uh, i i used that to track down where the movie was streaming it was on the streaming service called movie m-u-b-i mm-hmm. and it's a um uh curated film streaming platform uh, that has more like artsy and mm. um, uh, world-renowned movies. So it's some uh, deep like indie stuff from the states, and maybe some like classic stuff, but also uh, modern stuff from around the world. Right. Uh, maybe some older uh, stuff from uh, from different countries and whatnot. But I saw the movie it was streaming there, and in January when I uh, went to go sign up for the free trial, I saw they had a free or i'm sorry uh three months for 99 cents i said well, i can shake some change out of my couch mm-hmm, to uh, mm-hmm. to make this happen so uh, i did that um so yeah i watched decision to leave it's a uh, like i said a south korean film and it's a it's billed as a romantic uh mystery mm. movie okay and um it it takes place in Korea. Uh, there's a, a cop that works in Busan. Uh, his wife works, or he and his wife live in a, a different uh, territory that's like, I don't know, like a couple hours away, something like that. So he stays in Busan during the work week, and then he'll go home on the weekends to be with her. Um, he and his partner get brought into this, uh, this crime scene where uh, this man this older man fell high off of this cliff and it looks like somebody either uh, just had an accident and fell or he killed himself. Um, But because of like evidence around the crime scene, there's some like, uh, uh, like blood under his fingernails. Hmm. It sounds like maybe there was a a fight of some sort. Uh, They go to interview his wife who is much younger. She's a, an immigrant from China and, um, Kind of long story short, the the cop, uh, he goes to investigate the the wife, and even though they don't speak the same language, they mm. use their phones to communicate, and uh, they end up falling for each other, mm. even though she's a suspect in this guy's murder. <clears throat> and uh, the best type of like, woman. Uh, you know, There's something irresistible about it. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, will you potentially murder me? Okay, That's I guess exciting. we make this happen. <laughs> And that's why I chose my partner. You know, you met her. <laughs> but uh, it was a very engrossing movie. Right it was all in subtitles, mm-hmm. um, but it, it wasn't like overwhelming to be able to like read the amount of dialogue on screen or whatever. You know, right? Uh, but I really fucking enjoyed this movie. It was uh, had plenty of uh, twists and turns. It was filmed very well, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the performances. 
and it kept me engrossed the entire time. I think it's a, a little bit over two hours long, but even still, mm. it, uh, it was an engrossing film. So I'm very happy that uh, they brought that over here to the States to where we can right uh, check it out. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking up. It's because uh, I recognize the, the director's name, uh, Park Chan-wook. Um, yeah. He had done like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Old Boy and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance movies that I've heard about. Um, I need to check out Stoker was like his first, I think his first like American or English language film. Um, yeah. yeah. So he has uh, an interesting filmography and stuff of things I wanted to check out. I, I remember mm. you telling me about that new service movie as well. Um, and that deal sounded so good too, but, um, it's kind of like criterion channel sort of thing where like, yeah, they do like the nice, nice cinema sort of things, the, the world renowned, or like you said, like independent and, yeah. uh, international and stuff. So that's, that sounds really cool too. But, um, like you said, like too, like you and I've just been gotten, we've gotten more and more into, um, like especially Korean cinema, but you know, Asian mm-hmm. cinema and stuff. We always do that episode. We've talked about doing more this year, like maybe a month or whatever, but, uh, that one sounds pretty pretty rad. So yeah, I would I would say anyone who's interested in the premise of it, mm-hmm. um, even if you're not uh, big into subtitled movies, it's still worth watching because the the story is really interesting. And uh, yeah, I yeah. Did you it was, watch it, it alone? Very good. Did your wife? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hit all the knives. <laughs> you didn't want to give her ideas. Got it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I can't have this this happen. I had uh, a Bluey queued up uh-huh. on a different app on my TV just in case I could, I could switch back and forth. You know, was like, are you watching porn? No, no. I'm just <laughs> masturbating to these Australian cartoon dogs. <laughs> Wait, that was a different way than I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just trying not to give you ideas about how to kill me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. She doesn't need yeah. ideas, though. Your wife has specifically she's told us ideas she has to kill you. So, yeah, she's got like an omnibus of yes, ideas. It's yeah. definitely uh-huh. going to happen someday. Yeah. I look forward to uh, solving your murder, though. Uh, <laughs> <it's> gonna... <laughs> Don't fall in love with her, Stephen. <laughs> it's not going to end well. What if like, even though we both speak English, I was like, I can only communicate with you by phone. I've seen the movie once. <laughs> this is how it happens. <laughs> She mumbles. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's interesting, man. Um, I, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and go with my next one. Yeah. Uh, or my, my first one because yeah, similar type of vein. I was curious throughout this list how we might be able to pair ours together in some way. There are movies, you know, that might have something similar or like we liked or didn't like various things. Mm-hmm. But um, this one I liked, um, and uh, I only say it because it is also about um, a sort of. Not a murder, but it's like a, a husband-wife thing. One person dies. So uh, I watched this movie called The Night House. The Night House. The Night House. I believe when I watched it, it was on HBO. Um, I had heard about it because of our, our boy Mitch over at the Terror Table had mentioned it once. I think when I first heard about it, it was because he said something about reading the script for it. I might have been asking him about scripts to read, and he said something about this one. I can't remember exactly, but I just remember him mentioning it sometime, and I wanted to check it out. Um, it has Rebecca Hall, who's one of my my favorite actresses oh, yeah. of the modern era. I think she's just so fucking good. She's like in Iron Man 3. Um, she's in The Town. Um, I think we've mentioned her even kind of recently. But um, essentially, it's a, it's a movie. Um, it's kind of like a ghost story, thriller sort of thing. Uh, I'll definitely say for a, like a trigger warning, it involves suicide. The idea is uh, mm-hmm. essentially her husband had um, been like an architect. Um, he built them this beautiful house, like designed it, built it. And then one day took their boat out and on their on their lake and committed suicide. And then it's kind of the aftermath of that event, like right afterwards, like uh, the next week. 
and she starts seeing like figures around her house. She starts hearing voices and stuff. And she thinks her husband is like trying something. Something's happening, right? Her husband's trying to talk to her or something's nefarious going on. Uh, but it was really cool. Um, it's it's very like the the vibe of it is very good. It's very creepy. The the whole the acting it is is great by everybody involved. There's like neighbors and other people she meets like from her friend group and stuff. Um, she's like a teacher, so she meets some different people that way. But um, she's so good at it. Um, the whole thing has a really creepy vibe. It has some really cool simple visuals that made me think of. Um, sort of even like old Hitchcock stuff, but, um, even though it's not a great movie, there's, uh, like a Liam Neeson, like 1999, um, The Haunting, I think it is. Uh, oh, yeah. do you remember that movie? It came out like yeah, vaguely right yeah. in the nineties. And, uh, it, uh, it's not great, but it has some like interesting, creepy visuals that I remember, always remember, um, where like you think you see something in the corner of your eye and a shadow and like it moves and it's like a face and you're like, oh my God. And then like it, it snaps away and you're like, it's not there anymore. They kind of do that here in a really effective yeah. way, much simpler and much, much better design, like better CGI and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. I'd highly recommend it. It has a really winding story. Um, where it ends up is kind of weird. It's not really where I expected, but, uh, it was just like a really like good, like good, dreadful thriller feeling movie. And, uh, and I really dug it. It's like a kind of a little ghost story and, uh, I'd recommend it. So was it like one of those movies where you're on the edge of your seat for a, a good chunk of time? Well, that type of thriller, my seat's pretty comfortable. So I usually sit back. Oh, fuck. Right. I do lean forward sometimes, but. I, I can't say that I did this whole time. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, the reviews are in. The it's it's like what's the opposite of edge of your seat? I was in the deep of the couch, you know. <laughs> but it was just because it was comfortable, not not any other any other reason. Um, and the, the, I think that's where the, that's Adele's favorite part of the couch to to roll in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's hey, if I could roll with Adele on a couch, yeah, I would definitely do it in the deep. Um, mm-hmm. it's directed by a guy named, a guy named David Bruckner and I had known his name a little bit. He did, he was a, a segment in the first VHS. Um, he did a movie called the ritual that I really fucking love on Netflix. Um, oh yeah. We've talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so that's how I also, I was like, Oh, when I saw he did that, I was like, Oh fucking awesome. And he's doing the new Hellraiser movie, which I've never been into the Hellraiser series, but people are really excited about that one. So that'd be pretty cool. The too. one that came out on Hulu last year. Oh, I guess it. Yeah. 2022. I don't know okay, what year yeah. it is. Yeah, so he, he did that movie then, yeah. And then uh, The Night House was a 2020 movie, yeah, so it's been out just a little bit, but... Um, oh, I thought it I thought it came out in 21, no? Uh, what I'm looking up right now, it says 2020... Oh, okay, uh, theatrically in 2021. It was released on in Sundance in 2020. It took like another oh, year, okay. yeah. So 2021, I guess, for, for everybody. Um, okay, I got that it. makes more sense, but... Um, yeah, so then like the next next year or two he made a uh, hellraiser which is crazy too so um but yeah i would uh, i would i would recommend the night house it was it was creepy had a good vibe i like the story i like the acting so it was cool i came across the poster for that yeah on uh one of the streaming service i guess it was hbo mm-hmm. um and i thought wow that looks cool i don't know what it's about but it, it yeah just something about a, a, a horror movie poster that could be so striking and right. really like get your attention, you know. It's got this cool thing where it's like it's the one you're talking about. She's like from the side and she's like touching someone's face, but it's like mm-hmm. using negative space because there's like nobody there. Yeah. But it's like this weird, yeah. It's like a cool look, and that's how the movie kind of feels. Like it was uh, that was a great mm-hmm. poster, not only to like sell the movie, but um, also to get you to like watch it. Like it, it feels right for the movie. It doesn't feel like a, a ploy, you know. It's like oh, that's how the right. movie kind of is. So yeah, um, yeah, it was cool, man. 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, hey, man, while we're talking about uh, women-led, mm. uh, I guess, murder-adjacent stuff, uh, I want to talk to you about the Apple TV Plus series, Bad Sisters. Mm, okay. Are you familiar with no. this? No. I feel like I might oh, have Steven. heard of it, but I don't know. Look, uh, I don't know if you're currently subscribed to Apple TV Plus, but whenever Ted Lasso Season 3 comes back right. on and you have to resubscribe right. to watch it, <laughs> check out Bad Sisters. Put this on a, a pending list for yourself right because the show was fucking incredible. Oh, dude, awesome. Um, again, like Apple TV Plus, uh, I, I'll, I'll back off my statement previously to where like, oh, everything on there is great because there have been a, a few mm-hmm. misses for me, but uh, the bulk of their original content is is stellar. And uh, I'll put this on that list as well. Bad Sisters is a uh, TV show that takes place in Ireland. Mm. Uh, so it's like an all Irish cast. Love and, Irish people. Uh, what, well, you're one of them. That's why I love them, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, you know? That tracks. Uh, but uh, one of the, uh, the, the women in the show is from... Uh, Game uh, night, game night. Yeah, yeah. I was love was her, her uh, Sarah Sharon Horgan. Sarah Horgan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think she like co-produced the show or oh, whatever. Cool. Uh, but she uh, she has four sisters, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is married to an incredible asshole. Oh, and I don't mean Goatsy. <laughs> I just I just mean this guy's like a real fucking prick. Uh-huh. And um, so kind of the the premise of the show is that. One of the sisters has killed him, mm. but we don't know who it is. Mm. So the show is told simultaneously in like real time after he's dead. Mm-hmm. We see like in the first episode that he is in fact dead. His body's in a casket. And then we get some flashbacks throughout the series to the various sisters like coming on board to like murder him right. and, and all this stuff. Right. And uh, again, I, I said this on the last episode of our show where like anytime a new characters on screen, I'm like, oh, bet they did it. And, <laughs> That's your guessing you strategy. You can really like cover your bases that way, yeah. especially spread over time because it's like, yeah, remember because I said that that oh person would be the one. And it's like, well, yeah, you said literally every person. You said that child that was in a background mm-hmm, did it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, he could have. <laughs> right. They have motive, you know. He looked shady. You never know. You never know. But uh, this show is just a fucking delight. Like all of the five sisters have individual like personalities in their own lives going on. Um, I think it was like halfway through the show that I like they let you know that one of the sisters also is married and has a kid or whatever. And it's not like some big like wild reveal. It's just like, oh, there's more to this character than I Mm. going on than I I thought was there. Yeah. but yeah, I was like super happy with it, and uh, I don't know that there's going to be a season two, but I feel like this is a a tight story. So if that's all we get, right. that's absolutely fine. Um, the conflict comes into play uh, after the murder, mm-hmm. where an insurance company, not even like detectives or anything, it's like an insurance life insurance company gets involved and it's two brothers. They have the same father, but different mothers, Mm -hmm. I believe. And, uh, there's some uh, contention for them or between them because of that. Um, because you know, one's dad cheated on their mom and and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but the, the one brother who feels like it's his duty to get to the bottom of this, uh, he's got a pretty solid, uh, motivation for, looking into this as 
intensely as he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other brother ends up falling for one of the titular sisters. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's it's an, a smaller cast, but there's enough characters and enough uh, personalities getting intertwined. Then that like once you get further into the series and some of these pieces start to fall, uh, things get real interesting. Right on, man. So it's just highly recommended. I, I really think that you and your wife, Amanda, would would dig this show. I keep hearing more and more things. Like, we've given a shot to a, a few things on Apple TV. Obviously, Ted Lasso mm-hmm. has been great, like you mentioned. But uh, yeah. there's so many other shows that I know from people or in movies that people are like, oh, my God, this is stellar. This is great. We don't keep it regularly. It's like uh, every once in a while we'll kind of pick it up. But uh, this one sounds awesome. And even for Sharon Horgan alone, and it does show her as uh, one of the program creators, um, I love her in Game Night so much. She's so good in that. So to see her in anything and then to see her in Game Night, they make a joke that she's from England. And she's like, well, Ireland. He's like, well, it's the same island. And she's like, well, not really. Uh, (laughs) So to see her back in Ireland would be even better because I love her accent. I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, So that alone would have sold me on it. But uh, it sounds like Mm. such an interesting premise. Um, it makes me think in a, uh, I, I don't know, like the style of the show, but dead to me is back out season three and we haven't watched mm. that yet, but, uh, that same kind of thing, you know, where it's like, uh, quirky death thing, but is this one like more dramatic, yeah. but then the no, like dead I to mean, me or is it, it, there are serious moments in it, but there's like comedy as well. Okay, right so on. it's a nice mixture. That's great, yeah. man. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Mm. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I really need to get Apple TV again, and it's it's not even that much uh, compared to other things like, you know, yeah. Netflix. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. Oh, I just checked the stock ticker. Prices went up again. Oh, great. So, cool. Mm-hmm. I got a new email. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dearest valued customer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, I like this game of trying to somehow connect the things we're talking about to each other's. So Mm. I'm going to also jump to a TV show. And uh, my connection is going to be that Sharon Horgan, to me, looks like another actress who is in this show. And I'm trying to find her name right now so that I could also pull that up. Uh, Regina King. Yeah, totally. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Connie Britton. Oh, yeah. You know Connie Britton? When I first saw Game Night, I thought that was her. I love Connie Britton. And we just watched Mm -hmm. White Lotus uh oh, on hbo okay. how do you i can't remember if you mentioned you'd watch that at all i've i've not seen it okay. but uh i i've heard literally nothing but good things about it it's two seasons it's two seasons around? we've only seen the okay. first one so we okay. watched it the other day what i'll say to you first off is we we started it uh watched two episodes in a row and then we we're like all right well how many do we have left four there's only six episodes in the first season they're an hour long but it, it goes really fast so it doesn't make you linger i like that it didn't try to like keep things you know the story going for no reason or whatever it's all kind of compact but um i'm super curious for the second season uh i think the first one was good and it definitely kept my attention but i've heard better things about the second season and that's oh, the one that okay. just came out and like uh jennifer coolidge won for it and everything so yeah uh, i'm definitely curious about that Uh, essentially the first one because i didn't know quite what it is um there's a resort in hawaii called the white lotus a bunch of families and different groups of people go there and it's about the staff that work there and their kind of interactions with those people and then some of the actual families um and it's a weird show i didn't know a ton of like what i was expecting i guess it seemed like it'd be kind of quirky a little it's a little off kilter in some way um Mm -hmm. i knew that it was created by um mike white who is, uh, he's in School of Rock. I think he wrote School of Rock as well, but he's like, um, mm. 
he's Ned Schneebly. The uh, Jack Black takes over his his role to be the substitute teacher in that movie, and um, he's written a few other things as well. Um, like he wrote Orange County, which is a man and I like one of our favorite movies uh, with Jack Black okay. and Colin Hanks in it. So um, he's I know some of his writing, and it's usually really funny. And this one is funny, but it's a little more quirky and weird, and like deals with a lot of death and stuff. Um, it, basically, the show starts off as all these people go to Hawaii for this resort. It starts off where someone, when at the end of the week, they're flying back and there's a body being like wheeled into the airplane. And you see one of the characters talking to some other people and being like, yeah, like that body's going back with us. It was actually at my hotel. And then it flashes back a week before. So instead mm. of like a murder mystery, like who killed a person, the entire time is like, who's going to die? And that was yeah. really intriguing. Um, oh, so their body's covered. Yeah, yeah, so sorry, yeah. Tell. Okay, uh, I'm with you, I'm It's with not you. like they're okay. like a weekend at Bernie scenario or anything. They're not yeah. just walking okay. around the airport <laughs> <laughs> with a hat and sunglasses on. <laughs> Bernie, the first reported zombie. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's like in a box and they wheel him in and then like it like flashes back. So, um, But the show is interesting. It's basically about a bunch of assholes, sort of. Like customers can be assholes. Ooh. Goatsy just right. popped up. <laughs> oh, it's my time to flying, guys. Um, and then, like the, I don't know. It's like it's really intriguing. Um, it's 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 not like it's hard to watch the people being assholes. They they are intriguing enough. Everybody is really good in it. it has tons of people in it. Alexandria Dario, um, who I always thought was a pretty face, but I didn't really know much that she was in acting wise. You mm. recognize her? Um, yeah, I I oh please believe okay, I know who you're talking I was gonna about. Say, yeah, you yeah. know who I, she is, I just, right? <laughs> I feel like she's a big enough actress that I would know off the top of my head that she was in that show. Oh, right. Okay, all, I, all I know is Jennifer Coolidge is, right. is in it. So that's funny. And apparently she goes back for the sequel. So obviously she wasn't one that died. But uh, everybody else, I was like, I don't know like who's who or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Steve Zahn is in it. We love Steve Zahn so much. Oh, um, fuck yeah. Right? Connie Britton is yeah. his wife. Um, they're kids. I've, it's like I've seen them in some things, but I don't know them like too well. There's like some younger people. Um, and then like, uh, there's some people that I didn't really know at all. Um, like there's like the resort, um, head, like the, the, not CEO, but like, just like the manager, right? Uh, resort Mm -hmm. manager. Um, I don't know this guy at all, but he was fantastic. I don't even see his, oh, Murray Bartlett is his name. Uh, and now I'm like, I'm just going to be looking for him in anything. Um, he was in like one episode of, uh, Oh fuck! Never mind. I'm not even going to say it anymore because I don't remember what it is. Uh, <laughs> there's like a new show uh, he's in or whatever. But um, mm. yeah, it was. Uh, I would say overall we liked it. I'm curious for the second season. We're going to let it sit for like a week to go into that one. But it's it's quirky. It's uh, it's kind of hard to figure out everybody's motivations. My one thing with the show is that it it's it's weird in one of those ways. It's like um, if you like stories for like three act structures and you like character arcs and you like bad people going, you know, having bad things happen to them and good people having good things happen to them and like having good arcs, whatever. It's way more like real life where it it it, mm-hmm. it just gets away from that. And it's like sometimes the bad stuff happens to the good people and sometimes the good things happen to the bad people. And sometimes people go through all this whole journey and at the end they just turn their back on it and they just don't go with the new decision. They don't go with the new job or whatever. Right. And that was really hard to watch because you don't feel like you get a lot of um, resolution sort of with every character but uh at the same time you don't in life right it's always the dot 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 you're always still living so you might fix those things later or you might not ever and like you might just live a shitty life and be a shitty person or whatever so 
mm-hmm. it was kind of like weird to see that uh, play out without without spoiling anything, I suppose. So, uh, okay. but I okay. would recommend it. Um, I am super curious for the second one. It was definitely intriguing. It wasn't very long. Um, so we watched over like five nights. Um, I think we did two episodes the first night and then like a few others, like one by one to get through it. And uh, it was it mm. was cool. So I would recommend it. it's kind of quirky, weird, dramatic comedy thing. Hell yeah. Right like on. I said, I've, I've heard like overly positive things about it. Um, right. So, yeah, I, it's definitely on my list totally, to, man. to check out. Um, well, trying to keep the connective tissue going. Mm-hmm. This is so uh, weird you said, Con- you said uh, Connie Britton <laughs> yeah. is in this show, right? Steven, I don't know if you know this, but Connie Britton looks like Sarah Horgan, who is <laughs> Irish. So <laughs> I want to go back to Ireland. Love it. Perfect I connection. Wanna, I want to talk about a 2022 film called The Banshees of Inishira. Oh, yeah. I'm so curious. This one was on HBO Max and... Uh, it's one of the Oscar nominees mm-hmm. for this year. And uh, do you know anything about this movie? Okay, so I I feel like I know that these the, the same people, those two guys were like in another of this director's movies that people really like. I, I don't remember what that one's called right now. I don't know uh, at all what this movie is about. I have no idea what the plot is. Um, all I really know is that uh, like a few of the same people that I knew were in this this movie, which doesn't make any sense okay. right now. So yes, I know nothing. <laughs> Does that right. help? So uh, it was uh, directed, written, and co-produced by Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. huh, an Irish name there, mm-hmm. oh, weird. Interesting. Uh, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, right? Uh, also Irish. Those names. are the ones I was thinking about. <laughs> Carrie Condon and Barry Kilgan are in this as well. Mm. A lot of Irish stuff right. going on here is what I'm trying to get gotcha. at. Uh, nobody eats Lucky Charms in this, but that could be because <laughs> it takes place in 1923 Ireland. Whoa! Uh, it's during no the, idea. It's during the Irish Civil War, but that is not really part of this movie. Okay. Like sometimes people will be walking outside and they'll hear explosions like across the the river from them or mm. whatever, and they're like, "Oh, hey, good luck over there." But Stephen, this is like a a, a kind of a, a quirky dramedy in a way, mm. but to me. It was like a horror movie, and I'll tell you why. Oh. Because in this movie, Colin Farrell's character and uh, Brendan Gleeson are best friends on this little island mm-hmm. uh, village that they live in. Recurring nightmare for me. Uh, one day, uh, Colin Farrell goes by Brendan Gleeson's... Or th- they have a, a bar that's, mm-hmm. that's near their village. Uh, he goes there, and uh, he doesn't see his friend. He's like... Uh, I wonder where wonder where he is. So, uh, go ahead and order me a pint, and uh, I'll go get him, and we'll we'll come back. You know, because it's not a whole lot to do there. Mm-hmm. They don't have a Nintendo Switch back there in nineteen twenty three Ireland. Uh, so uh, he goes to his friend's house, goes to Brendan Gleeson's house, and uh, knocks on the door. Says, "Hey, are you are you in there?" And like eh, doesn't answer the door. Walks over to the window. He could see his friend sitting in there. Raps on the window. It's like, hey, you you coming to the pub? Uh, his friend tells him to go away, and he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore. <gasps> I'm like, oh my god, what? Is this a portent of things to come with me and Stephen? And is this the rift? obviously not? Be- I I won't let this happen. Right. I I will kill you before. <laughs> before that happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, we were friends it's, until the-, the day Stephen died. <laughs> <laughs> we can all say that for sure. Your Honor. 
uh, I believe no contest, no contest. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's what that's what the movie is like. It's a very low stakes movie, huh. but it's so dramatic and it it just feels so real that I was riveted the whole time. Right like uh, I I fucking love this movie. Like if everything everywhere all at once wasn't up for mm. the award, I'd be like, oh, banshees wow. all the way because this movie was fucking fantastic. Oh my goodness, like I said, like. Uh, very small cast, mm-hmm. um, and you get to know these different like villagers or whatever. Um, but everything is just so fucking delightful, and uh, just just seeing the the way the the different uh, friends interact and and Colin Farrell he he plays kind of a a, a dipshit, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, oh, I identify with that, <laughs> you know. So I like he's just so heartbroken over his his best friend just. All of a sudden, without warning, cutting him off altogether. Doesn't want to be friends with him. And uh, there, there are portions of this movie that gets very like absurd and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think it's worth a watch because it's the, the performances are incredible. Highly, highly recommended. I'm so intrigued by it because I really had no idea that that's what it was about. I didn't know anything. Yeah. It's almost like uh-huh. his these movies. Uh, the other one I was mentioning or going to mention was uh, In Bruges, I think is how you say it. Which yep. is uh, also same, same director. Yeah, yeah, and it's also mm-hmm. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, and so I, I, for one, I forgot that this that one came out in two thousand eight. I cannot believe mm. it came out the same year as Iron Man. I didn't realize like I had been sleeping on that movie this long. I feel like it only mm-hmm. came out in the last like seven years. Uh, but I've also always heard really good things about that movie and the their performances and stuff in it. Um, and then he's done some other stuff I've heard about, but I still haven't seen, uh, or sorry, he had one I've seen, uh, there's seven psychopaths, um, from 2012, oh, yeah. which I think also has, yeah. Colin Farrell's also in that. It's like, he's like his muse. Um, I have seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was, uh, Francis McDormand movie that came out a few years ago and got some award love and everything. And it's a uh, really dramatic and kind of hard to watch movie, but, um, I'm, I've been so curious about in Bruges and then the Banshees of Anna Sheeran so long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm, I'm. It's wild to me that you say uh, everything everywhere all at once. If that wasn't up for it, this would be your, like your your main one right now. Um, yeah, yeah. What an interesting year. Um, it just, yeah, it, like two wildly different movies. You know, wildly different like uh, themes they're playing on. Right. Different approaches to filmmaking but both end products are fucking stellar so how interesting yeah. yeah i would totally watch that i i really need to get on these movies that i i've heard about for years and and this one even kind of newer uh, and just haven't yet so um i'm gonna connect that one with uh, a few rewatches that i've seen because okay. as you mentioned uh i rewatched uh, the, the last week everything everywhere all at once um after it oh perfect it got announced for uh, more awards and after the globes and it won some stuff um i was like i really want to go back to it and watch that so just as a, a quick thing i don't even have to like put these out there as a list uh, i rewatched three movies so that was one of them it was uh stellar all over again i fell in love with it all over again and uh just like i watched it the first time i'm like oh i should watch this all the time and i don't know why i waited so long in between but now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just like really fun to put on any any kind of time. So uh, yeah. that one was still great. And then uh, I rewatched. We talked about these, you and I, and I think you and I had slightly different opinions about which one was better. But uh, I rewatched both The Adam Project and Free Guy, the uh, both movies with oh, Ryan yeah. Reynolds in them, both directed by Sean Levy, I believe, uh, both out within like a year of each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both high uh, high. What's the word? Um 
high idea, like, uh, that's, that's not the word I'm looking for, but it's like high concept. That's what I'm looking for. High concept, big sci-fi, a lot of, a lot of special effects and stuff, but, um, and com- comedy. Um, I, I felt like before I liked free guy more and I think you liked the Adam project more. Not like they I were, did. Yeah. Yeah. Really comparing it, but that's what, that's what you thought, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so this time I would say that I liked them just about equally, but I kind of like the Adam project more just for the, oh, okay. the, uh, the tone of it. It felt very much like an old, like Amblin movie, like ET sort of thing, you know, and the people involved. I just like the story that way. Yeah. 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 Um, but free guy, I also thought was still really fun. I, I really liked both of them. I do feel like I'm also kind of cooling on, uh, on this guy a little bit. Uh, now I almost called him, uh, one of the Chris's, but, um, because, uh, we've <laughs> Chris Reynolds. <laughs> he could very much be a Chris Reynolds and be a part of the Chris group. Yeah. Um, yeah. kind of like Chris Pratt. Like he's just like overdone a little bit, even though I've loved him mm-hmm. for years. Ryan Reynolds, like once I watched both of these and I've, I'm like, he's in like the mint ads and he's in, he's just like everywhere. Those are good. Oh, those, okay. uh, those get my attention. There you go. Those I have all the time in the world for, cause they're, <laughs> they're just silly. Silly, you that's so family funny. fun, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, it's my fault for watching these right in a row as well. But uh, but it was cool mm-hmm. to kind of revisit them as well. So I, I still liked all three of those movies, and uh, they were you know entertaining in different ways. So well, that's perfect Works for me. That's perfect. I need to give Free Guy another <clears throat> another shot. I, I just felt like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is not quite mm-hmm. what I thought it was going to to be. Right. Like I don't know. It's a uh, it's hard for me to to get into the the character he was playing. It was a little too naive for my my taste. Gotcha, yeah, that's totally a valid point with that type of movie. Um, I think I liked it partly because of him and partly because of uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things was uh, was in it. And I I didn't even know he was in it until I started watching it. And then I was like, I love this fucking guy. So uh, once that happened, I was like, I'm kind of sold on him alone. And uh, that helped Mm -hmm. me through it. But um, not like I had to be helped through it. I liked that movie, but Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My therapist says I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of rewatch, eh? okay, that works. Yeah. Okay, um, I kind of rewatched something. So uh, I talked to you. I think it was last year sometime. I was telling you about Neon Genesis Evangelion, yeah, yeah. the the anime series, and uh, I, I like that a lot. I was just, it's such a weird show, mm-hmm. like. Because it gets real meta there at the end, so much so that you're seeing like pencil line drawings of the animation instead of the actual like regular animation hmm. or whatever. Just kind of strange. So um, they have these things called uh, the Evangelion rebuilds, mm-hmm. where uh, Hideaki Anno, the creator of the the property, decided, you know what? Let me go ahead and take my ideas for the the tv show let me rework them into movies so he's going to put out i think it was originally going to be three but it turned into four could be wrong whatever the case uh he was going to to take the the overall uh themes of the the show and put them into uh, a multi-part movie saga and uh, just have better animation uh just more quality in there and, and try to to uh to to better describe the the themes that he was going for so uh i watched all four parts of Whoa. this uh over the the course of like a month or whatever so you, you had watched these the tv show recently yeah. so this is the same stuff but repackaged that you had seen recently though that's the kind of rewatch is that you would think so <laughs> right I'm so curious about this whole concept so, okay yeah 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 uh, just want to make sure i followed it 
I'll, I'll try to go through this as, as quickly as I can, but this is like four things to discuss, right? right. So uh, the, the first one is called Evangelion 1.11, You Are Not Alone from 2007. So the idea was to have these movies come out every couple of years, two, three mm-hmm. years, something like that. Um, the first one is essentially like a retelling of the first, I think, six episodes of the TV show. It's just like in a two-hour movie. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, there's a lot of... Uh, they essentially treated the first six episodes of the TV show like storyboards to make this movie. So you see a lot of shots that are repeated. Um, the TV show has a lot of like silent moments and a lot of like shots where you just like hold on a character mm-hmm. or something like that. They trimmed out some of that a bit for the retelling of of the that story mm-hmm. through this movie. But overall, it's it's a fairly consistent with the the anime. TV series. The second one is Evangelion 2.22. You cannot advance. And I'll say uh, not is in parentheses mm-hmm. each time okay. uh, in each of these titles. Uh, this one's from 2009. So two years later, this one is uh, started off as a retelling of episodes. I believe it was like seven through 19. So it's a lot more content packed into this one movie. Um, I believe it's this one. They introduce a brand new character named Mari who has her own like entire thing mm. going on. And it really like kind of throws uh, uh, not really like turmoil into the the show. It just adds a new flavor to the series going forward. Uh, from what I understand, some of the long running fans of the anime don't like this character mm. because they just like the thing they know. Right, right, right. Uh, and, you know, we can all be... Uh, what do you call that? Like gatekeepers in a, a way of certain things that we're, we feel protective of. Like you know? Venus de Milo and Ninja Turtles. Oh my God, Steven, how <laughs> fucking dare you bring that up. Venus de Milo. actually like, they brought her back, uh, Venus de Milo, the, uh-huh. the turtle. They brought her back into the comics. Oh yeah. Uh, in a very cool way. So it's like they've reclaimed her, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so 2.22, uh, still like somewhat consistent with the, the story. Uh, they just brought in a new character and then like some of the motivations for other characters are uh, not as in depth as you would see in the, the TV show. But I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. When you adapt a book into a movie, you're going to lose out on some of mm-hmm. the background storylines, you know, like the CDE plots right. are just like, we, we can't fit that into this two hour film. So it's like, okay, whatever. Then you get to Evangelion 3.33, you cannot redo from 2013. So a greater mm. gap in between movies, uh, but still not too, too crazy. This movie um, brings some more like, uh, like better quality CGI animation, but they don't use it for like the main character animation. They just use it for like some of the mechs or uh, if they're like tanks or whatever mm. on a battlefield, those will be like CGI animation. Overall, it looks good, right? Um, but this one is like so wildly different mm. like this. You might as well just be watching an entirely different property. Right. So this would be like if you were wanting to watch like the first half of uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. And then you're like, uh, to finish out this movie, I'm going to watch the last half hour of everything everywhere all at once. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? What? This doesn't make any sense. Wild. But you just go with it. Right. Um, uh, I will say that, like, overall, I had fun, like, watching all four of these movies, uh, but I could definitely see why fans of, of like, this this uh, original property would be kind of left in the dust because things do, like, spiral, like, 
wildly out of canon from mm. what was in the 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 TV series. Uh, and then the the fourth movie is titled Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time from 2021. Oh wow. Yeah, so there's like a huge gap so in like between. Two, four, seven? Or <laughs> yeah. eight? A lot. A lot of years. A lot of years. You know, I can't. I refuse to do math right. on the show. I forgot what you said but, now, um, but yeah, that seems like a lot of time. <laughs> it was a mm-hmm. lot of time. And uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I could I can see people's points uh, either way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think the animation quality in the rebuilds is fucking stellar. But also I see where you're missing out on certain things. Uh, certain character motivations or themes from the show that they just didn't put into the movie right. for whatever reason. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what uh, the creator Hideaki Anno thinks about like, like what his motivations were to right. redo this instead of make something new altogether, which he almost kind of did toward the end of this. Uh, He's like, I have a better idea now that I think about it. I, I'm just going to redo the whole thing. <laughs> it's very George Lucas of him, you know, but yeah even further. a little bit it's kind of crazy yeah and still polarizing you know right, so right. <laughs> and it's his thing does jar jar show up wanted to do you can tell me now is it a spoiler but oh, okay he does okay i can see it in your jar face. jar was the villain the whole time steven <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh this was a a, a weird experiment yeah. i'm so fascinated with this property i've i bought the first volume of the uh, collected manga mm. it has like the first three like volumes in it or whatever um so i plan on reading through that that version of the series as well because there's i'm just so fascinated by this the story mm-hmm. slash stories uh of this property and 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 why it makes the changes it does throughout the the course of its run I, it's such an interesting concept uh, i was curious i guess you like how you've how you've come across the media so far like how you did the tv show and then mm-hmm. these like you wouldn't have did you ever think about just watching these movies or had you not even heard about them until after uh, i yeah i think it was like after i was like halfway through the the watch of the anime gotcha. before i heard about the rebuilds and i thought about going into the movies directly after watching the anime but i thought eh, let me let me take a breather on good. this and uh and go back into it but uh yeah it was it was weird it was definitely weird how interesting though i, I love the concept of it um Mm-hmm. And that would be so jarring for fans, though, much like George Lucas is, you know, like revisiting his stuff or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's something to uh, you can at least in that version and in, in this version, you can have both and you can just ignore yeah. these movies if you wanted to and just have your your beloved thing. Like George Lucas went back and actually like changed everything and was like, let's burn all the originals, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, so this is better in that way. But uh, I had no idea about any of these things until you've mentioned them. So they uh, they sound so mm-hmm. the, the TV show had sounded so interesting when you mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'd be, I'm su- super curious to have you read the manga and see about the differences there. So report back. OK, yeah. we'll do. Good. We'll do. Uh, it'll be like a couple of years before I get through all that <laughs> manga. But, uh, but yes, absolutely. Um. All right, so my next thing, I'm going to transition. We talked about Venus to Milo and the Ninja Turtles, and uh, I wanted to quickly mention, uh, I don't think you and I had mentioned this before, at least uh, that you and I had played uh, a little bit of the TMNT Shredder's Revenge game. Yes, right? yeah. Uh, so you had told me about this. I didn't realize they have like an online play, but you you set us up with that, and we played a, a, a few rounds. Uh, and I, I realized it the other day I found it on my iPad again and I was like, oh, we need to play again. I totally forgot about that, but, yeah. uh, it was super cool. It's like an old school side scroller, like the old, like arcade games, the Ninja Turtle arcade games. And, um, it was, it was rad. I don't know. I had a lot of, a lot of fun, uh, playing. That's all I got. 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're, we're not we're not gamers, obviously, but um, this is something that uh, was offered through like I guess the the actual like console store like Xbox, mm, PlayStation, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, so you can play it there. But recently, Netflix I guess got a license for it or whatever. And if from what I understand, if you have a a Netflix account, mm-hmm. you can just play this game for free. It has its own separate Shredder's Revenge app, right. so you can download. And uh, play by yourself. You play with a, f- a friend or whatever. Um, but yeah, we uh, Stephen and I had fun. We were playing as uh, different turtles. You could play as April and Splinter as well. So, right. Um, and I, I think Casey Casey Jones is an unlockable oh, character. Oh, badass guy. He's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Ugh. He's like a hot Jason with a hockey stick. You know. I wonder if like young women and maybe young young boys mm-hmm. as well uh, who are into men uh, grew up having a. a a crush on Casey because mm. he's got those gray sweatpants, you know, right. he's got a baseball bat on his back, but also maybe one on his yeah. pants, you know, you never know. You never know. Plus you he had a like chemistry with, uh, with April and they're just, mm-hmm. he's just uh, a hunk basically, you know, and he just fucking badass. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. He's got that hockey mask, like uh, Jason. Exactly. Ortiz, That's what I'm know? saying. But change out the machete for a hockey stick and then like a Jose Canseco bat. And you're good to go. <laughs> Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. Um, it's tattooed on my brain. Cannot forget. It. Absolutely. I look forward to the day when we can uh, discuss all the the turtle that'll movies. Be fun, like man. That'll, yeah, that'll be fun until it's not, uh, which will be fairly quick into that that run. From what I understand, I haven't seen the third movie in a long. The turtles in time or whatever. Like they go back to Japan. Yeah. I liked that movie as a kid though, but uh, I haven't seen it in so long. And then uh, I haven't seen the the TMNT like CGI one in a long time, but I remember liking that one when yeah. it came out too. And then I've never mm-hmm. seen the Michael Bay produced like uh, new ones um, that yeah. you have. So that would mm-hmm. be uh, an intriguing concept to get into. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the was it is it Point Gray? Is that Seth Rogen's? Oh yeah, company? yeah. The new yeah. They're yeah, that's supposed to come out this year. Oh, this year? That's uh, makes sense, I guess. I just it's like COVID times again. I just don't remember when anything's coming out. I don't <laughs> trust anything at all. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm super intrigued by by them having that property. I would imagine like they've they're our age ish and they've uh, they've grown up mm-hmm. with the turtles and stuff. I would think they would be in good hands there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be cool. Maybe we can I look forward to that. We can time it around that time a little bit. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and plus, I think it'll be easier to watch those Michael Bay films because like. After that second one, there was just like a, a drought of turtle films. Like there was TV shows and stuff, uh-huh. but you know, for for most people, films are are like the the biggest or most consumed part of pop culture, yeah. right? So, like if that second turtles movie, the the Michael Bay one, was like it, that'd be disheartening. Oh, gotcha. You know? uh-huh. But now that we've got this other one that's around the corner, that sounds like it might be pretty cool. Maybe it'll be easier to digest. Plus, it'll be a stunt watch for me, you know. Yeah, for the show that helps yeah. uh, get you through it, and maybe with uh, with you involved, you know, that'll that'll help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds me. Hey Siri, uh, <laughs> remind me to put uh, Black Adam on the show schedule at some point. <laughs> we'll watch it eventually. Um, I'm sure for the show. Yeah. Someday we got to do a Shazam um, two episode. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I've got like one final thing, which is oh. a three-parter. Okay. Um, do you want me to go next, or do um, you, would you rather let me let me at least uh, throw out the uh, two things real quick? Because um, I, okay. I won't have to talk a lot about them. Um, I watched the uh, the new Uncharted movie. 
Oh, okay. okay yeah. So speaking of Black Adam and like big blockbustery movies that did they make a splash, I guess, uh, or, you know, they just have like a lot of CG and maybe not a lot of heart. Um, Uncharted is uh, it's Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, some other people. Um, it directed by Ruben Fleischer, who's who's had a, a mixed hits with me. Uh, Ruben Fleischer had initially done Zombieland, which I I was like, oh, this guy's great. He's so funny. He has a good good zombie movie. Um, and then he uh, he did like Gangster Squad, which actually that was okay, but it's not like well reviewed. Um, he's he's got a weird filmography though overall that uh, I'm I'm just not sure about like all of it. Um, he did Thirty Minutes or Less, Gangster Squad, Zombieland, Double Tap, and then Uncharted. Um, it's a movie. You okay. you haven't seen it, right? <laughs> I've not seen it. No. Again, you and I are not gamers. I didn't expect this was going to be the game, the one to, uh, you know, be the break the video game curse, as they say with movies like adaptations that'd be really good. It's not that it's like terrible. It is just what I said earlier, though. It's it's a lot of CGI and not a lot of heart. It just doesn't feel good. Like it has the same beats as an actiony adventure movie that I like, like Indiana Jones and the Mummy and stuff like that. But it just doesn't. Just doesn't click it just doesn't do anything i watched it probably nine days ago i literally could not tell you what happens in this movie <laughs> in the second i finished it it just left my fucking brain it was just yeah. for me did not do anything at all um i'm really cooling on mark Wahlberg as well just because he's also kind of one of those shitty people that we all just accept and i'm just like kind of over him a little bit um i love tom holland you know he's our spider-man yeah. right now but uh it just didn't click with me. So afterwards, the other movie I was going to mention real quick that I watched was uh, I had to watch an Indiana Jones after this to be like, this is this is what they're supposed to feel like. And so I, I watched yeah. uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I haven't seen in okay. a long, long time, actually. And uh, I also kind of watched that because of everything all at once, everywhere all at once, because uh, Kihu Kwan was was in both. He's he's short round and Temple of Doom. And so I was like, yeah, I want to watch him as a young kid again. That's kind of fun. Uh, man, what a fucking good time that movie is. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones can get it. Uh, at yeah. Uncharted just, it, it, I, I saw the heart in Indiana Jones that was just not in Uncharted. And that's not even my favorite Indiana Jones movie by far. Um, so I, yeah, it was interesting to watch Crystal them. Skull. Yeah. Crystal like, Skull. Like the vodka. Yeah. I haven't seen Crystal Skull in a long time either, but I think I, I definitely would say I like Temple of Doom more than that one. But, um, the other, it's really the other two. It's like the, the first Raiders of the Lost Ark and then The Last Crusade have been always on my, my go-to indies. And, uh, but yeah, Uncharted, like, I I wrote it down on my list and I was like, what do I have to say about this movie? I, nothing, mm-hmm. literally nothing. It just, it just, there's nothing there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. I was curious. Um, I think the draw of the video game was that it was like a movie mm. and that the cutscenes were, uh, were placed more into the uh the gameplay mm-hmm. like you're watching a film mm. as opposed to um just being a regular platformer or something right. like that right um so it's like well if you just make the movie but you take the player out of it all you're just like a bystander watching someone play this mm. game or whatever is that better also i knew it was a sony movie so i was like i don't know man from the company right. that brought you morbius <laughs> Like yeah, I'm, and I'm, Venom. This is all cooler jets. Uh, Venom, okay. yeah. yeah, I would think that the game, like the Uncharted game, is one of the ones that I think would be really fun to play. Like we're not gamers, but whenever I, I do see commercials for some or like people talk about, it, I'm like, yeah. oh, 
like what I was trying to mention earlier with that, that guy from White Lotus, he's in an episode of The Last of Us. And uh, the Last of Us game I've always heard is like amazing and scary and whatever. And oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I really want to play that kind of before I watch it. Mm-hmm. And then Uncharted, I'm like, if I had a system, whatever, I think this sounds cool. It's like an adventure game. But then it's one of those things, again, with a video game curse. Taking that to the movie, though, like, is it as fun when you're not playing it and you're just watching someone do it? (laughs) To me, it certainly wasn't. But I have no context of that movie or sorry, of that game Mm -hmm. or those characters. So I'm curious what other people will think about it. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it was like super well reviewed or anything that I remember. Um, yeah, it's got a 41% in Rotten Tomatoes. So that that's about right to me. It wasn't terrible. It has some good moments in it. Tom Holland's charming as always, but it just doesn't have a lot going for it. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like, uh, Antonio Banderas is in this. Right. Puss in Boots himself. They got Puss in Boots in this one. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't save it. Doesn't say that. I will say that I have heard amazing things all over the internet since you mentioned the sequel to Puss in Boots. I'm telling People you, like, dude. Why is this movie so fucking good? It's like really it, fucking good. It fucking <laughs> rules yeah. hard. So I'm excited like it, for it, it now. <laughs> it should be illegal to have a uh, decade later sequel mm. be that, that fucking good. good. Like I, I love the first movie. I, I would say the second one is even better. And I saw you talked about that wolf character and how scary it was in like a children's movie. Oh I've seen some of that animation online now, and it looks. And just the animation style, like you said, like they, they change things up a little bit. They're allowed to now and they don't have to Pixar everything up. And it looks like really fucking cool. Uh, just a lot yeah. going for it. So ever since you mentioned that, I've seen so much online like this movie is great. So I want to check that one out. That's wild, man. Like when, whenever we got out of the theater, I pulled up Twitter to see if anyone was talking mm. about the movie. And like the first thing I saw was like piss and bits woof, and I'm like, oh okay, so yeah, like people people like this fucking wolf mm-hmm. character, you know? There you go. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you said piss and yeah. bits. Is that what was trending? Because that's a whole piss di- and bits, <laughs> piss and bits woof. You seen the woof and piss and bits? That's a whole different trending category. I'm just saying, if you looked up piss and bits, it's, it's oh, scary. Wait, I, I said Twitter. I meant uh, porn. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so totally different thing. But uh, you know what I. And I think we've discussed this or touched on this in, like in an episode a couple of years back. Mm. But I have seen like mostly bits and pieces, uh, not piss and bits, mm. but uh, bits and pieces of the Indiana Jones movies. Like I've mm. seen all of Crystal Skull. I sat through that mm-hmm. one at a friend's house once. But uh, I I couldn't tell you like what scene is from what movie mm. of like the the original trilogy. Right, you know? right. So that's on my list to go back and, and watch all of them. Um, my wife, I, she, I tease her all the time that she doesn't like anything, mm-hmm. uh, which is mostly true, but she does like the Indiana, Indiana Jones. Movies. Interesting. So, um, yeah, that's, that's on my list to, uh, to get back to, yeah. especially with the, uh, the fifth one that right. comes out later this year. I was right? going to say, yeah, another sequel coming out, might as well hit it up. And yeah. by all accounts, it looks way better than, uh, than Crystal Skull was. Um, I also heard the other day that their budget has ballooned to $300 million for Dial of Destiny, the new one. Um, That's a lot of fedoras. (laughs) I wish, you know, we do taglines on our show, but without the context of how you said that, I don't know that that would be as funny. (laughs) That would work. But I really like it. Uh, all right, so I don't know that I actually made a connection with your last one to Uncharted and Indiana Jones. I wish I would have. I really liked how well, we were doing that. Yours, mm-hmm. yours. Uh, it was actually you, Shredder's Revenge to Uncharted. Okay, so um, video games then. 
another video game, video game adaptation, <laughs> Uncharted, go. Indiana Jones. Got it. Wow. Ooh, I was really worried that we were going to let that go. So I really want to keep the connections going. How are you going to connect yours at the end of here? Huh. <laughs> well, let's see. So we the, the last one was Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, Temple of Doom, which has short round in it. Uh-huh. So they were... Uh, an international uh, couple of characters mm-hmm. that like met uh, on their travels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Stephen. So I told you uh, on a, a episode or two back that I am trying to watch one movie trilogy a month all yes. year, right? So I, as soon as I talked about the previous one, which was the Anchorman trilogy. Uh, like that night I started the next one cause I was Ooh. excited for it. Uh, I, I found where all the, two of the movies were streaming on like HBO max and, an, an, uh, ironically enough, the third one just happened to show up on movie oh, wow. uh, as I finished the second one. So it was just like, it was there for me. Right. It's convenient. Um, I told you the next movie trilogy I'm going to watch is going to be atypical for someone like me, mm-hmm. a dumb dumb, right? Stephen, I've seen the Before trilogy, directed by <gasps> Richard Linklater. Linklater? Linklater. Link now, bitch, uh, because... I am so curious to hear what you say about this. Well, that is really not up your yeah. alley usually, yeah. Not typically, uh, but uh, I feel like these uh, kind of slice-of-life movies mm-hmm. are something... We've talked about, like, uh, different genres of movies that we want to inject into our regular movie watching habits. Uh, we've done that with like horror movies for me uh, in particular. And I'll say for like Asian pop culture as well, mm-hmm. just through doing the podcast has uh, caught my attention. Uh, I feel like slice of life type of uh, storytelling is something that I like. I just don't consume a lot mm-hmm. of. And uh, that's what these movies are. Uh, the before movie. So there's before sunrise from 1995 before sunset from 2004 and then before midnight from 2013. Yep. So all nine years apart. Yeah. And, we missed uh, Have new you one. seen all three of these? I've seen all three of them. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you? Okay. Do you like Richard? Re- Re- do you like Richard? <laughs> do you like Richard? Linklater? Um, <laughs> I adore Richard Linklater. Uh, Days okay. Confused. One of my favorite movies of all time. That's one of his. Um, the before trilogy I absolutely adore. So I'm I'm very curious to see because it's a whole different vibe. I would have never really recommended them for you. I recommended them to some people mm-hmm. before, and I've gotten good responses back. But uh, they definitely are just like they're literally just people walking around talking, and yep. that's kind of what his movies are. Uh, some of them, at least, some parts of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I I love his stuff. So yeah, I'm super curious. So uh, the the plot of the first one, and it kind of propels the the rest of the movies forward is that um two passengers are on a train one of them is ethan hawk the other one is julie delpy thank yeah. you yeah uh i was like du Dupoy. uh Ju- julie delpy yeah. american werewolf in paris is julie delpy I, you know after i watched this trilogy <laughs> yeah. i went back and i looked up to see other stuff she's right. been in she was in that which we've definitely mm-hmm. seen because we had an episode on it and she was also in avengers age of ultron i was like what she plays like a doctor. She that's does. there. Yeah. Wow, that's and, totally she, wild. I totally forgot about that. I I I had to look up images of her because I was like, I don't remember this at all. I'm trying to like picture in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I will say that 
I watched uh, Before Sunrise really young when it, when it came out. I watched American Royal from Paris when it came out. That was like 97-ish, I think. And like you said, Before Sunrise was 95. I fell in love mm-hmm. with her in Before Sunrise. And then she shows her boobs at American Werewolf in Paris. And I was like 11 years old. And I was like, oh, wow. it's just briefly. But I, I paused it many mm. times. Uh, she was a, an awakening for me at a young age. So uh, <laughs> she was very much a part of my childhood. What's that awakening? Oh, no. I'm a dagger werewolf. <laughs> do I like do I like wolves? Do I like animals? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a like tough time. To, you go up to your dad with a handful of chains. It's like, you got to put me in the basement. He's like, we, we live in fucking Oklahoma. We don't have basements oh here. Oh, my it's God. Just, it's going to be a full moon. No, I can't take it. You don't understand. <laughs> my dad is also dressed up as a werewolf for many years, and I think it's probably a, a cover. <laughs> so it might be my blood, much like Teen Wolf. You know, I find out my dad also, you know. So, yeah. You, that's just something that you've, like, put in your own head, yeah. canon about yourself, yeah. and you tell other people about it. Exactly. Steven, you want to go out to the drive-in with us tonight? We're going to watch a movie. You're like, I can't. It's a full moon. <laughs> Bloodlust is too strong. Ooh. Werewolf at a drive-in. That uh, sounds go. like a pretty cool movie. Going to write that down and write that movie later. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. What do you got? Uh, so, uh, before sunrise, yeah, it's, it's just two passengers meet on a train. Ethan Hawke is an American. Uh, Julie Delpy. Is it Delpy? That's what I say. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Uh, she is French. Uh, they're riding on the train through Austria. Uh, he convinces her. They have a nice conversation on the right. train. Very pleasant. And uh, he's he's not creepy, uh, but he like convinces her to like wander around Amsterdam. Is it Amsterdam? Uh, you said it's Vienna before. Yeah, they're on their way. I can't remember exactly. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, where they're where they're stopped um, for the night. Yeah, yeah, it's it's neutral ground for both. Right, of them. right, right. Uh, and uh, they get out and they just like wander through the night. Uh, the movie's called Bef- Before Sunrise because the train uh, leaves at sunrise. Uh, so they just get to spend this extra time together. They really enjoyed each other's company, and Vienna. so they walk around. Yeah, yeah they walk around. Vienna. You, man, hey, you turn that A from Amsterdam <laughs> upside down becomes a V. So I was basically right. Basically, Vienna right. ends in an A, so it has an A in there. That's what it was. Right. So either well, I was, way, I was right twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, what we're getting at. So yeah, just just go with it, dude. Um, but yeah, so they they just wander around. Uh, I almost said Amsterdam. They wander around Vienna, and they just have these these pleasant conversations. They get to know each right. other. Uh, they talk about uh, politics just a little mm. bit during uh, that that time. But um, yeah, it's just refreshing. And uh, yeah, Julie Delpy is a fucking revelation. Oh. Like. Uh, clearly I've seen American Werewolf in uh, Paris, but I didn't remember her from right. that. But she's definitely on my radar after watching these movies because she is so charming and delightful. Mm-hmm. Both of them are. Both are like you could see right. why there's like such chemistry between them. Um so yeah, by the time you get to the end of the movie, they they uh give each other a big hug. They they promise to stay in touch and they're going to meet each other at that same train station six months later. They get on their separate trains and they go their separate directions Credits. and the movie's over yep. and it's it's like wow I really it's like knowing these people mm-hmm. in real life you you get to see these like intimate conversations and it's it's not anything that's like overly like sexy or whatever but it's just like just seeing two of your 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 well known friends uh, meet for the first right, time man. and like st- strike up a, a budding romance and then they go their separate ways you're like oh no 
I want you guys to meet again. Like I have no dog in the right, fight, right. but it's just like I want I want to spend time with both of these characters together again. So you can uh, because I watched before Sunset. Uh, which is uh, nine years later. I love that the movies take place in real time mm, as well. Right, right. Uh, Ethan Hawke's character is uh, a novelist. He he writes a book essentially based on their exploits from the first mm-hmm. movie. Like it's kind of a retelling, but he puts that into these characters in his book. Uh, he's actually in France for one of his book signings on his book tour, and Julie Delpy, her character, shows up at that signing. And uh, they end up catching up, and uh, it was it was unexpected. He didn't know she was going mm-hmm. to be there, but uh, yeah, they uh, turns out uh, they they did not meet back at that train station six months later. Right. And they talk about that. That's that's one of the conversations that comes up. Um, and uh, each of them is attached with their own separate uh, love interests. And uh, man, it just it felt so good to see them together again. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, and like uh, old friends. But like it's it, it takes away a little bit of that will they won't they because they're both separately attached, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, but where the movie ends off, you're like, oh, wait, are, are there spoke spokes? Are there sparks right. getting ready to fly? You know, then you uh, get to before midnight, the last of the trilogy. And I looked it up to see if there's going to be a fourth mm-hmm. movie or one came out nine years after this one in uh, 2013. And I just missed it. No, that, that this is the end of the trilogy. They didn't. They, they got together to see if there was something there to see if they could make a fourth right. movie. They decided, nah, there's not strong enough ties there to uh, to make a fourth one. But that's okay, because I think leaving this as a trilogy is, is still good. Yeah. Uh, the fourth movie, uh, they're together as a couple, and uh, they've got kids. Uh, one of the things I like about the, the first two movies is that you spend time with just those characters. Like, you meet other characters mm-hmm. along the way, but it's because... Uh, as they're strolling through either Vienna or France, they uh, meet other characters that interact with them, and then they kind of move on as a couple. You just the, the camera follows them. Uh, the thing I noticed about Before Midnight is uh, sometimes you spend time with like other characters. Like this movie begins with Ethan Hawke and his son, mm. uh, and you just see them interact for the first maybe five seven minutes of the movie. And then you see uh, Julie uh, Delpy, like they they meet back up mm-hmm. and, and hang out. Um, but yeah, there there are other characters that you meet along the way. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, th- that's nice that these characters ended up together. Yeah, spoilers for this whole movie or whatever. But uh, I was kind of shocked and disheartened mm-hmm. to see at the end of the movie. Uh, these two characters that we've been wanting to see in love for such a long time, they get in the most uncomfortable, mm. like longest, r- most visceral fight yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen from an on-screen couple to where I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, you know how like you watch certain movies where it's like an action movie. It's like, oh, how's the hero going to get out of this this building that's on fire or whatever? It was almost that level of like, how does this couple right. regain their footing in their relationship? That's a good way to say it, yeah. Uh, and I, I was riveted the whole time. I fucking love this this trilogy, oh, dude. Like, dude, I'm so glad to hear that. When we when we do our trilogy draft mm-hmm. like next year or whatever, this could certainly be a contender for my list because I wow. was just so in love with it. I, I I would love to revisit these movies at, at any point, and you can like watch them separately. Right, right. But I feel like if if I'm starting before sunrise, I'm gonna go through the whole damn thing because <laughs> at that point. I just I I was really charmed by by both of these actors, the characters, and uh, the directing. I I oh, so uh, started watching uh, Boyhood 
uh, yeah, recently. I, I'm only like 40 minutes into mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I, I just... You had never seen that either? I don't know what you would... Boyhood? No, I've never oh, seen it before. Boyhood's really cool. As so far, I'm digging it. Yeah. You know, it's another slice of life type of, right. of movie. Uh, Ethan Hawke's in that as well. Uh, I, I just feel like over the past, like, I don't know, nine months or so, uh, with like Moon Knight and then the Black Phone, and then me... Mm discovering the before trilogy right, right. And, and watching boyhood i'm having like an ethan hawkes oh i love it you know? he's one of my very favorites he's great he really he's is so good yeah he's i, I he's feel like maybe delight. i just hadn't hadn't consumed a lot of the movies that he mm-hmm. had been in and i confused him for um oh, he reminds me of uh the lead white kid from uh the faculty what's his name josh hartnett yeah interesting yeah, I would confuse them for each other because uh-huh. I feel like I came across them as like people around the same time and uh, a little bit of uh, um, oh fuck uh, Ryan Philippe 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 I know I never had sure. <laughs> it really doubt how to say it but yeah um, yeah yeah he uh, I, I I've been watching these uh, interview clips um, online a little bit and one was with Matt Damon and he was talking about like growing up acting like Ben Affleck. Matt Damon, Edward Norton, all these guys that were coming up at the same time. And they they talked about Edward Norton a little bit that he was like taking a lot of the roles. But every one of them, if you ask from that era, they're all like fucking Ethan Hawke. If you were in, if you were at a, an audition and Ethan Hawke walked in, you're just like, fuck, well, he's getting it because everybody of that generation knew that he is like the James Dean of that generation. Like he is one of the if not the best of them. Uh, and yeah. he from like little, you know, he's fucking stellar the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you're you're finding uh, an Ethan Hawkinson's. Yeah. And then a, a Link later sense. Right. And then a Julie Delpia sense. Uh, because it, it really comes to a head in the, this trilogy. Right. I was I was so wildly impressed. And I was into this movie almost immediately. Oh. Like it was. Did you watch him alone? Uh, yeah. Or. Yeah. OK. Because I'd be curious if your wife would like these. Uh, I find them very romantic and and interesting and and everything, but I I could watch her watch or have her watch the first two movies and the half of the third <laughs> one. I feel like the, the the last one is like, oh, we've had this fight. It's like, well, like, yeah, we yeah. Won't there's a a fresh wound. Oh here. my god! But um, uh, the I I was uh listening to a podcast. Uh, Scott has it seen. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's uh, I've talked about it before. It's like movies that Scott Ackerman has right, seen, right. and uh, he's catching up on them essentially. So um, they were talking about Before Sunrise. I thought, oh well, this is a hell of a coincidence because I was planning to watch this next anyway. Mm-hmm. So they talk about this first movie, and they get into the like process of the filmmaking, and they're talking about how uh, how natural mm. the acting is in it. Where if you compare like the the script. To like what the actors actually say, it's fairly consistent. There's mm. a few like flipped words here and there, or whatever. But it like the the point of the dialogue is there. But when you're watching these takes, they're very long takes, right? Almost zero right, cuts. Right. Like very infrequently do they cut away from it, like a conversation. There's one in particular where they're on a bus. I think it's in the first movie, and it's them at the back of a bus. They're just like sitting there talking, mm-hmm. and there's like traffic behind them, but it's like them talking at length it goes on for like i don't know seven or eight minutes of just straight dialogue and the two of them as they're talking uh uh like ethan hawk will reach over and like move a hair out of her face mm-hmm. or uh she'll adjust his like shirt collar or something like that and i thought oh that's just them like adding that to their conversation evidently that was like part of the mm. 
the like direction crazy like, they they like really like fine-tune all of their little mannerisms but it works so well that it seems so natural and unplanned and um yeah man it was just so so fucking rad and then uh, i guess that uh, ethan hawk and julie delpy weren't credited in the first movie for for like co-writing mm. it but on the the second and third right. ones there, that's what i was looking uh, at be, yeah they they have writing credits on there I guess they're protective of those characters, which is good to see. Yeah, it sounds like um, the other writer, Kim Creason, I'm not sure how to say her last name. Um, she was listed on the first two of them. And then she on I'm not sure like what role she had in all these, but she's listed on a lot of other Richard Linklater ones like Dazing Infused mm-hmm. and Slacker, his his first movie. Um, so she's like, I've been a part of that. I, I wonder really like what connection they have more than that. But um I uh, I know that the three of them, Richard Linklater, Julie Delpy, and Ethan Hawke, are very protective of those characters. And that's when they they get together to write the stories together and they talk about, like, what are these characters up to? Why do we need to tell the story? And that's what I had heard about a, mm-hmm. a potential fourth one. And they were like, we don't really have a good enough story to do one. And once, once that nine mm-hmm. years went by, uh, it was kind of like, yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. It, it still could someday, but I, I think yeah. much like he did like boyhood over like 12 years, like he filmed it over 12 years. He has a, he has another one right now that he's filming like every 10 years or something like that. And it's going to be mm-hmm. made in like 40 years from now. Like he has like a plan wow. for some movie. I can't remember exactly what it was that he's like filming little pieces of. It's going to be even longer, but they just have like, so I'm like, maybe it'll be 18 years instead of nine. And they will yeah. do like a fourth one if they feel like it. But um, I'm so glad to hear you say that you like you're gushing over it like I gush over it. I I, I love oh, this trilogy so much. Richard Linklater mm-hmm. in general, I haven't seen all of his movies. I don't know why I've never gone through all of them. But everyone I've seen, like he he did School of Rock. I love that movie so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Yeah, such yeah, a, I had no idea right. that that was him. So, so many, and once you see it, once you know it, you're like, because that one's like way more commercial, especially than these movies. Yeah. These feel like very indie movies and like, who do you recommend this to, right? Like, your in-laws, for instance, I don't think would really care mm-hmm. for these movies. I think a lot of people would think they were they they sound boring. It's just like literally people talking and walking around. Oh, I love it. But they're love so it. well done, and the the characters' mm-hmm. chemistry is so beautiful. Um, my only thing that I, I I'm I especially never knew for telling someone to watch them now is I I remember watching the first one in '95 or '96. So I was 10 or 11 years old. First off, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember waiting those nine years each time for each of those movies and being so excited when especially before Mm -hmm. sunset um the first sunrise and sunset are my favorites i haven't i've only seen before midnight like twice maybe um because Mm -hmm. it's harder to watch right like it is uh, yeah and it's almost as if like they're characters that aren't together and then all of a sudden they are together and what do you do with that or do they have the same chemistry what happens after years of marriage um those conversations that seem so great on one chance meeting on one night that you can sustain that, but can you sustain years of marriage talking, right? Like it's a whole different right, ball yeah. game and it's a little harder to watch. Um, but the other two are just pure romance to me uh, in such a beautiful way. They, uh, yeah, they're just fucking stellar. I'm so glad to hear that you liked them. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't know how this would turn out. I thought you'd be like, yeah, they're, they're okay, but they're boring. And I'm just so here. So glad to hear you like them because I fucking love these movies. Oh, I yeah, I would upgrade my like to love as well. Excellent. I, I was I was blown away. Man. I had no idea. Like after I, I I watched uh, Banshees of Inishirin, right. and then it was like a, a couple of days later when I started uh, uh like before sunrise. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, there's more of this. It's like very low stakes, right? <laughs> well developed character shit. You know, like 
that's that's on me. Like I think I watch like too much uh, comedy and like action movies yeah, and yeah, yeah. bullshit where I'm like, oh yeah, these other movies exist. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Of course. But I, you're expanding I'm, now. I'm that's great. So I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to uh, expand my horizons for sure. Man, now I'm so much, curious. Much like Goatsy is expanding his <laughs> overgrown butthole. I'm trying to expand my horizons. I'm really curious with these. I remember showing Amanda at least the first one before Sunrise years ago, but it's been a long, long time. Um, and I don't know if she's seen the rest of them or not. I, I, I almost told these. I would never have told you about these kind of because I didn't know what you would think of them. I didn't think this would be really right mm-hmm. up your alley. But um, I've barely told anybody ever about these movies because I hold them oh my God. so dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, that it's like they mean something a lot to me. And I, I don't really need someone to like poo poo them around me. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want any part of that. Like they're so beautiful. So uh, I'm glad that you uh, reacted that way, though, man. That's that's amazing. Man, I saw that uh, Julie Delpy, she has a TV show that came out on Netflix mm-hmm. a, a few years ago. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I got to check this shit out. I feel like I did see her show up in something um, at some point, And it wasn't Age of Ultron because uh, I definitely did not remember that. But, um, yeah, she shows up every once in a while. And every time she does, I, I always think of these movies. I uh, I always go back to her, you know, from these and then and kind of American World from Paris. But um yeah, I'd be. Uh, there's a new show. It says 2021 on the verge. French, yeah. a French show. Oh, with Elizabeth Shue and Julie Delpy. Okay, I'm gonna explode. Um, <laughs> goodness, great! Another <laughs> another awakening child child moment there. Um, damn. Uh, Everyone has one immediately before you're 40, so yeah, go. it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's she's always amazing. She's beautiful. She is uh so smart so so great so i would uh, i would love to see more of her so um yeah, all right absolutely. so to 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 finish us off here uh right before we leave and to to bridge off mm-hmm. of that um i'm going to say i also watched uh two movies that were set that were the sequels were really far apart that's okay. how we're going to connect Perfect. them okay yeah. i mentioned mm-hmm. it last week about my theater experience i watched avatar and I watched Avatar, oh, yeah. The Way of Water, the uh, mm-hmm. the sequel, the long-awaited sequel. Um, so I'll say that Avatar, I watched at home on my 3D projector. It was really, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, my room isn't really set up that well for it, so I just kind of projected on the wall. But it turned out pretty cool. The 3D was was actually pretty decent. My projector's pretty good but uh, for that. But it's only 720p, so it's not like crystal clear or anything. Um, I knew that, especially the new one, they, they go through a lot of... Uh, new technology and stuff but uh also when i can i just say that you went from we went from the uh, most indie just people walking around talking (laughs) to the most expensive movies of all time with like the entire scene of every scene is cgi uh wildly different types of of movie making but uh, uh avatar was was pretty cool again i actually um got really excited for the sequel because i kind of fell in love with it again and and uh, mm-hmm. not in love but i fell in like with it again it's it, it was a good enough story and it gets really entertaining the first movie is like pretty i realized like oh i do like this um and i like a lot of the people in it um that like zoe zaldana is really good Stephen lang who's like the villain I think it is really, really good in his role. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool. We went to uh, see mm-hmm. Avatar, Wave of Water with my buddy James. Uh, I mentioned the theater experience wasn't the best, but we went to see it in uh, in 3D. They have that HFR technology, the high frame rate, where he shot some scenes in 48 frames instead of 24. Oh, I thought it was, thought it was hot fart rage. <laughs> That's why I've, I've avoided rage. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... 
uh they don't at least whenever i went it was like a month after it came out they didn't they didn't say uh if in the movie theater it just said 3d it didn't say if it would be hfr i was curious about it i had seen the hobbit and hfr 3d years ago and i ended up leaving i'd already seen the movie by itself but i ended up leaving because it just looked like a soap opera opera it uh i i always say that like there was a scene of uh bilbo's um uh, house and dildos <laughs> dildos it was a uh, B- B- bilbo's um uh mailbox yeah bilbo's dildos Bil- <laughs> don't mess me up anymore i'm gonna keep saying it <laughs> uh he was getting dildos in his mailbox and uh, the zoom up on the mailbox you can tell like it was made to look dirty with like paint brushes and like you can yeah, dude. <laughs> mailbox m-a-l-e yeah and um and it just looked like so fake because the high frame rate, like it looks like a sure. soap opera. It looks like a video camera, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I had heard about Avatar. He used it in a different way. Instead of the entire movie, he uses like certain scenes were going to be that way. Like action scenes, I thought were going to be like high frame rate. And then the other ones would be 24 frames like normal. Uh, then I found out before I watched this movie that he doesn't just do that. It's like within individual scenes, he will ramp up to 48 frames and then back down. And it's not even just action scenes. It's like just talking scenes. Like he'll just... Go back and forth. It's really jarring to a lot of people, right? So I was curious to see that. In 3D, it's supposed to help with the motion blur. It's supposed to make it a little more clear, like real life. We don't just see in 24 frames, but cinematically, that's what we were used to, and it looks pleasant. And uh, Mm -hmm. But I knew my experience with it before wasn't that great. So we go to see the movie. It's in 3D. It's not in HFR. It's just regular 3D. Um, It looks pretty good. The, The effects are really great the uh the underwater stuff the the creatures like all that stuff like they did new technologies uh i was watching a the corridor crew video about it today uh that yeah, was really cool i did have you seen that episode they, they finally cracked the code on the the yes. hand in the water right. thing yeah. it was really interesting they yeah. had one of the uh, or the special effects supervisor from the movie and avatar and hobbit and all that stuff uh on there on the show mm-hmm. and that was really cool so I'd, I'd highly recommend that show anyway on youtube corridor crew but that episode was really neat um yeah the movie itself is it, again uh as a juxtaposition against the before series it's all it's not a lot about story it's all about technology and the look of things mm-hmm. um and it just doesn't it just kind of fell flat it was okay uh my brother danny mm-hmm. texted me not knowing that i had seen it and he said don't go see avatar it's crap and i said it's not total <laughs> crap there's a cool whale in it and he was like all right there was one cool whale you know danny comes in hot he on does, movie man. opinions he's just like yeah he's he's just cut and dry he, yeah i was very much like don't go see it crap oh okay wow you really have not a lot to say about it um yeah. but i don't disagree with him either it's 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 okay um it's definitely a, a middle story uh i think at this point they're talking about five avatar movies coming out eventually uh yeah. i'm curious enough to go see them I, I i think i will continue going to see them in theaters because it's always a technological marvel but at the same mm-hmm. time like whereas i actually did fell in, fall in like again with the first movie the second one did very little for me. Uh, my poor buddy James had already seen it with his daughter. And then I, after we got out of out of Avatar Way of Water, I said, uh, I apologize for making you sit through that again, just for the length of time. <laughs> it's not that it's bad. It's entertaining enough. But uh, God, it mm-hmm. felt forever. Uh, it's like three hours and 15 minutes long. There were like, damn, 30 to 45 minutes of previews. So the entire experience, we I left my house at like twelve o'clock. I got home at five thirty that day. I think is what roughly mm-hmm. what it was. It was just like a really. It was like a. I had to take a nap. It was like a big day just to go see one movie, um, and then afterwards, James had gone out uh, briefly, and they had a they have a Dolby th- uh, Cinema Theater, um, like one one theater in that place we were at one one 
uh, room. I'd never seen yeah. anything in Dolby. I was curious. It's supposed to like look really good, sound really good. And I was curious about that. He noticed he went, he ducked in there when he was getting like a, a drink and realized it was in the HFR. And, and that's how he had seen oh. it in 2D. It was 2D HFR. So we snuck into that movie for like the last 20 minutes. It, it was just staggered enough. So we finished our 3D movie, went into that one. We walk in, we sit down. And uh, it's a, it's playing normally. It's like 24 frames. And then the second that it snapped into 48, I, I, I was physically jarred. I was like, oh, God. And he fucking <laughs> like cracked up. It was so weird the going back and forth. It really scared me. I was like, Kramer is like really scared my, my shit up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we ended up sitting for the next like 20, 25 minutes finishing the movie. Um, I would say that out of 3D without the glasses and with the Dolby, like it looked like the contrast, the darks, like it looked fucking stellar. You could tell like the CGI is impeccable. Um, yeah. But the HFR really, really fucking weird to me. You, I did get used to it a little bit. And I'm sure throughout the whole movie, you mm-hmm. get a little more used to it than I did in the last 20 minutes. But uh, it, it feels like what is the point of this? It looks like a soap opera. It looks too clear. It, it, your brain is not it, our brains are like so attuned to the 24 frames and that stutter if you like pan to the left or right it kind of like you don't see a clear image you're used to that it's it looks pleasant and when it's not you're like uh what is happening so uh yeah. that was interesting so i would say mostly uh, cgi was cool the technology involved in that quarter crew video explains more of that you could honestly just watch that video and be good to go um that's all you really need (laughs) that's what i did there you go right so uh i wanted to go see it in theaters you know while i was still in the big screen and 3d and everything but uh yeah Mm. it was just uh okay so okay all right Uh, i'll leave it there and then the the third one comes out in a couple years yeah who knows right they they mentioned that in the movie or i'm sorry in the quarter crew video they were like that comes out what next three or four years and he was the super effects super uh, visual effects supervisor is like i hope i god i hope not you know like they've been (laughs) <laughs> working at least for so long but uh i'm not really sure yeah like i think probably two every two years is probably the goal um for the next ones and i'm not sure that's that's what i th- thought i heard is that they were going to alternate decembers with star wars oh, okay but i don't we'll know see if that's how, still the how case, the star you know? wars come out even now yeah everything's like i need up. solo too <laughs> um I'd, I'd watch that rather than this one probably <laughs> yeah um, for sure yeah and there's Wait, yeah real quick real quick i was just gonna say like as i was watching the before trilogy i was like wow i wonder how richard linklater convinced the movie studios to like get a budget together for this small movie or these three mm-hmm. small movies about like people just having a conversation overseas and it's like well yeah i need like i don't know nine million dollars over the course of uh a few decades right, right. to to be able to make these movies and then you think about avatar it's like james cameron i need 76 trillion dollars right. to make <laughs> these blockbuster movies about blue cat people and some green ones what what other colors will be around the corner what if by the time he needs to make the fifth one he's like i found a planet it's got this this material i need to make the movies it's called unobtainium and it's just like a real life <laughs> documentary of them actually doing this going to these worlds i feel like uh yeah. i i had seen something about james cameron saying that they needed to this movie wave water needed to make two billion dollars to break even and i was like wow that's a lot wow. of money like he don't don't doubt james cameron and it was within like a week or two they had like 1.8 billion dollars like he was 
That's and I, I think it's like well surpassed it by this point. It's like the fifth highest mm-hmm. grossing movie of all time or something. I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, don't doubt James Cameron. But at the same time, it's like I don't really know what he's doing with these necessarily either. <laughs> right. The man loves water. What can we say? He's just all he about definitely it. does that. He likes dropping ships in it, likes right. dropping cat people in <laughs> it. Right. I think he's just thirsty. <laughs> Someone get him a drink. <laughs> you see him directing. He has like the bullhorn and then like a hat on. And then on his back, he's got one of those camelback right. things filled with water. He's just sipping all the time. He's got, and then the camera pans down. You see a catheter as well. Back up hmm. to the camelback. First, yeah, yeah. he's got water world technology. You know, the first three letters of catheter are cat. Mm. What if they were cat people? This makes sense to me. It's a trillion dollar franchise. Well, like in that uh, in that quarter video, they would talk about shots and everything. And they're like, well, you know, uh, we did this because uh, Jim, Jim, just we could have done this entirely CGI, but uh, he wanted to direct mm. how the strap was pulled around the guy's hand. So yeah. he had to be there to do it. And I'm like, wow, he's very specific, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has uh, some wild ideas. Yeah. And then like the, the ping pong balls on top of the water. Right. I remember seeing a video of that like a year or two ago or, or, or camera shots of it. I was like, why are they putting like these little like balls on top of the water? Like what purpose right, right, can right. that possibly serve? And it's just like, oh, yeah, it helps stop the reflection of like when you're underwater, it stops the reflection of the like camera shit. It's on top or whatever. Wild, so yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that yeah. guess it I makes guess sense. Figure that out. Yeah, their yeah. uh, their technology, I mean, like it is fascinating and uh and he will he is and he we will be moving the the medium of cinema forward with the stuff, but um mm. at the same time it I feel like it really was like too little too late. This is like such a long weighted sequel, but who really mm. wanted it and then it's here and like it's just okay. Evidently, a lot of people. I mean, if it's already crossed the, the billion dollar you mark, go. you know. Uh, yeah. So it happens. But uh, yeah, that's all I got today, man. Yep. Same. Sweet. All right. Well, yep. Uh, do we have anything planned for next week yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, we can, you know, we can figure it out via text message and uh, we'll probably just not do anything. <laughs> I mean, look. It's hard out here on these streets, we'll you know? We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. We'll figure out something fun. We'll let people know. But for right now, just come back for another good episode. You know, it's you, if you're here now, it's going to be the same next week, but only better. We're only getting better from yeah. here or worse. Who knows? What if what if the next episode is us just talking in order of these same things we just discussed? Would people even know? What if it was you and me? We did that. And then we reveal at the end we're actually in Vienna. And it's om- oh my and we've actually relived that movie together. But then we don't talk and for nine years. <laughs> you try to convince me to get off the train, and I'm like, I don't get off uh, with uh, strange white people. That makes uh, sense in, in countries I don't I don't own. That makes sense. So uh, yeah, we just have to move on. Amazing. Well, uh, come back next week mm-hmm. for whatever the hell we're doing. Who knows? And uh, yeah. if you also would like to contact us, all that info is in the show notes. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And please tell your friends so more people can find us. Please do. Uh, yeah, stick to uh, uh, tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. If we announce something, it'll be right there, there for the next episode. Uh, and then uh, if you don't see anything at all, I guess we're catching up on more pop culture. I, guess. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> All right, man. Well, that was a blast, dude. I had a good uh, a good time with you today. Same. Me too. It was great. It was excellent. excellent. Well, everybody come back next week for more fun. And until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. One, two, three, record. All right. There we go. There it is. It's happening. Man, before this, I said like, oh, we don't have any outtakes things. And then I was like, I got something. And now I got like three yeah. things. So my first oh, one wow. I'm going to say is Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm wearing pajama pants for this episode because why oh, would I? Oh, my God. Uh, of comfortable. Are you, what kind yeah. of, we never talk about that very much except for our shirts. I, I, you're mostly Donald Duck in it, right? You just don't wear mostly pants? Mostly Donald Ducking it. Uh, today I have sweatpants on, but they are the color of Donald Duck's feathers. So it's oh, like, perfect. on a technicality, I get around it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've painted it on your butt some like feather looking things and then like a taint to, to match him case, better. Just in case. Yeah. I, I really, uh, I went to a tattoo artist to get a, a cloaca tattoo down there. Just, uh-huh. just in case someone has questions. You know, it's like, why are you walking around pantsless? This is a crime. I'm like, I am I'm a wear duck, basically, and I got stuck halfway through transition. So, man, a wear duck. Yeah, 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 a lot of people don't realize if you, uh, as a a wear duck person, Mm -hmm. if you catch moonlight off of a a nearby lake, that's what triggers the transformation. Oh God! Wow. Yeah, and I I looked at it at my right eye but my left eye didn't get like it was out of my periphery mm-hmm, that i mm-hmm, caught the mm-hmm. the rays wow the, the moonlight and that's you know kind of where it stopped so damn i didn't expect yeah. all that but it makes sense yeah. i guess like if you're that's the problem with being a wear duck yeah you know i know i know well i appreciate that officer now if i can get back to <laughs> pissing all over this parking garage <laughs> that's you. Work. thank you <laughs> Well, I bring up my pants because uh, they're nice. They're like they're like uh, flannel sort of material. It's kind of colder here right now, so it's been nice to wear mm-hmm. these around. I like wearing. I like the winter for for wearing like comfy clothes and having the heat on and being on a comfy blankets and stuff. But uh, yeah. podcasting, I've realized like this room that I'm in is kind of warm for our house, uh, just for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I realized that like sometimes I'll like pull them up and like. Uh, put them above my knees. I'll make like shorts out of them to like help me <laughs> cool down a little bit. You know? To ventilate, yeah. Right. Like I wish I had those <laughs> pants from the 90s that like had the zipper. I could like really oh, take yeah. off the bottom leg, right? That would help. Uh, I had a couple pairs of those mm-hmm. and I never utilized that oh, because I yeah. was like, it wasn't until much later in life where I was like, oh, I like wearing shorts. <laughs> like it took me, took me a couple decades. You know? That's really funny. I remember having them, but they they were really cool to take off. Like when you're like, mm-hmm. oh, check this out. Now I'm wearing shorts and it's like pretty fast, but putting them back on is a real bitch. <laughs> and once you do you that, to, you're like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> you have to like sit on the floor and really like clear out your schedule yeah. because like you for whatever reason, it, it seemed like, yeah, the lining up yeah. the zipper and like the teeth seem so much smaller than like regular zippers yeah. that you would interact with on, on jeans True. or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a, a big endeavor. Plus they were like, uh, the ones I had were so like, uh, undesirably straight-legged that oh, okay. I was like, I don't... And, it, and I feel like they just, like, went too far down my knee. And it was it, it was a whole mm, ordeal. For the shorts you know? part of it? Like, they were too much... Yeah. Too many shorts parts? Still yeah, kind of I mean, it me back decades, you know? Right, absolutely. I mean, obviously, yeah. you were scared of shorts for years. You had a fear. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done jorts like, uh, like Kevin Smith, you know? Best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Because they go down those, like, mid-calf.
you know, (laughs) (laughs) they're made by Jinko. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so further with my, my journey here with these pants is that, um, I realized that it is kind of warm in this room, but when I pulled both legs up, it was, I was too cold. So now I've got oh, yeah. I've got one down and one up. Oh, <laughs> like, you've got the LL Cool J. Exactly. Going on. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like a gangster mm-hmm. rapper from the 90s. I've got this look <laughs> going on and I think it's pretty good. I'm not going to send a picture out for it, you know, because I wasn't yeah. prepared. I uh, didn't get my beauty soup last night. But um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things. It's like, you know, when you're warm in bed and you stick like one foot out and it like helps regulate the temperature of your body. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like that to me. I'm like, I'm putting it out of my own pants. <laughs> and I got, yeah. I, I've got gangster pajamas on right now, basically. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I got caught up in a couple of things here. So just the, the idea of, of you being like LO Cool J, just walking around, you know, flip flops in oh, dead winter, but one pajama leg rolled up as well. Right. You know, just outside walking your dog and, uh. <laughs> If you see your neighbors, you kind of like flex on them a little bit. Oh, yeah, you got to. Yeah, of course. Um, and then you said you didn't get your beauty sleep, uh-huh. but I heard it as I didn't get my beauty soup. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I went down the road. I was like, what is this? A, what does that mean? Oh, man, I just really love a good chunky beauty soup. You know, you get all the oh, veggies yeah. in there and uh, <laughs> child body parts, I suppose, that would help you. <laughs> That's what Democrats do, right? As we eat children, uh, yes, we suck the blood out of children yeah. to stay young. So mm-hmm. it just makes yeah. a good soup, basically, is all it really was. It's not about being younger. It's just that we really enjoy a tasty soup, us liberals. Yeah. It's like when you go down the soup aisle and you see like Campbell's mm-hmm. and then you're like, no, no, no. Then you come across the soup labeled Hillary's. So you're like, that's the one. <laughs> it's like Newman's own. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's children in there, you, uh, 50 cents does go to, you know, a charity, which is nice. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Charity Clinton. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's Chelsea Clinton. But, you know, I panicked. <clears throat> charity Clinton is there as Bill's long lost daughter. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. She's yeah. a stripper mm-hmm. in Des Moines right now. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Charity Clinton. The, the, the entirety of the band Slipknot sitting out in pervert row just watching her. She was a roadie for them for a long time, not a groupie. For a, for a time, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was moving those big, like, those uh, drum cases and whatnot. Right. Sending up the cymbals. And it was just, it was a whole thing, you know? So it's it's nice that they can go out and support her endeavors mm-hmm. now. You exactly. Know? Yeah. It's like yeah. everybody's on the campaign trail, on the charity trail. Yeah. On the charity trail. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had some type of uh, soup that you could drink, to help you go to oh, sleep. You know how some people uh-huh. will drink warm milk? That won't work for me because... It's a weird one, right? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. own any cows. Like, what am I oh. supposed to do? You know? Also, I'm lactose intolerant, so that would just... <laughs> that would not be good. It makes me go to so sleep and I shit up. my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, every day I wake up and someone has defecated all over my bed. I'm not trying to say or start anything, but... Oh, my God. Do we know where Amber Heard is? <laughs> Is she loose in the state of Oklahoma? She's with charity in Iowa, actually. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They've been hanging yeah. out lately, which sense. is nice. Good <laughs> friends. Like, do you have a, a go-to soup? Like, I, I, to I shit my pants. Person. Um, <laughs> I'd say like a chili. I mean, it's good for that. 
I like to get me, myself a spoiled chili. I like to leave it outside for a few days, you know, really let it yeah. warm up. Um, Ideally under uh, some type of birch tree where a bunch of birds hang out. And, you know, they, they do their business down there and help me do my business in my bed. That's right, man. That's just like mm-hmm. efficient, I think. Um, yeah. I go to soup. Soup. I'm not a huge soup guy. You know, same. But yeah. um, I also remember there's an episode of Veronica Mars where uh, uh, Keith comes home, the the father of Veronica Mars comes mm-hmm. home, and she's making soup, and he's like, "You know how I feel about soup? It's a side dish." And that, that mm-hmm. line has always stuck with me because I'm like, "Who orders soup for a side? Get fries. What is wrong with you? It's so <laughs> weird. To, I've never heard that before. Apparently, it's a thing, but I never never thought about it." That is wild. My wife will sometimes go to uh, Pantera Bread and mm. get the like half sandwich and a, a right. soup or whatever right. and uh she's like oh yeah do you want anything i'm like no i don't know do you not I eat don't there like I'm, I'm not a bread fan right and then also i don't want fucking soup right it's like hey do you want uh tears of actual food no <laughs> just give me the <laughs> they taste food. like they used to be food they've been in, in yeah. contact with the food yeah yeah they're not I'm not a super, like, I've, I've been into veg, veggies better lately, even not fried, like I joked about the oh, other yeah. week. Uh, yeah. And some soups, like, I, I used to eat just, like, the broth, essentially. I didn't want all the chunkiness. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I've been, like, like, Amanda got a minestrone soup recently, and we both shared that, and that was, like, really good. Minestrone has, like, mm-hmm. been, uh, since I worked at an Italian restaurant, like, I was like, oh, minestrone soup's pretty good. It's just, like, a vegetable mm-hmm. noodle type of soup. Um, but I like mm-hmm. the the broth a lot. I like the flavor of that one a lot. Um but a lot of the other ones, like, there's not much, not for me usually. And Amanda's all about, yeah, like you said, like going to Pantera Bread, mm-hmm. getting getting soup and salad or uh, sandwich and soup or whatever. But uh, I every time she goes, I'm like, ah, I love bread, so I I'll be like, I'll take a full baguette. But uh, not, I'm not even joking. I will if she goes, I'll be like, give me a full baguette. It's like three dollars, and I, I will eat on. I'll put it in the freezer and I'll eat on that for a long time. But uh, other oh, than that, okay. it's, it's always just like mediocre to me because it's not my my jam, not my food. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't get it. Like these uh, Pantera bread buildings mm-hmm. are are massive, right? Like, are, are, is there enough people eating there <laughs> to cover this overhead? <laughs> Evidently, there is. Like, what do yeah. I know? You know, but it seems like it should just be like a little cafe. Probably. You just like pop in and out. You don't even like you just have like a few tables even. But they're like yeah. really large restaurants. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I guess they make like all of their own bread there mm-hmm. at the the restaurant or whatever. I don't trust that. You ever seen the people yeah. who work there? I don't trust them making that shit. Nah, at least it was it, br- it was brought in a bag and they had to add water. And they're like, "I'm making bread." It's like, "Are you?" <laughs> 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 I mean, like to me, I'm like, "Oh, okay, they're technically a food scientist." Mm, you know? Yeah. To I don't you, know how yeah, to cook, so I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, that's they're they're magic workers." That, you know? Absolutely, that does make sense. Um, so yeah. on the the bread that you like freeze do mm. you just slice off a, a chunk at a time or something yeah speaking of the uh, aforementioned chili earlier i would i used to mm. get um baguettes from panera and, and i will say i just joked about them not making their own bread their baguettes were were better than the grocery store would be they're not they're not still like a full-on great bakery but uh they're they're like decent so i would get mm. those i'll slice them and then uh use them for chili I like to to eat them on the side of chili, and then I'll freeze the rest and use it for chili or soup later on down the road. But they freeze really well, so yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I can just go the back. Next to time it. you guys go to France, or you gotta try a baguette, be like, well, it's not, <laughs> not Pantera bread. I'll tell you that. <laughs> tell you that right now. There's a really old. Uh, do you remember that show, Girls Next Door, the one with the Hugh Hefner and his three girlfriends? Oh yeah, the reality yeah. show. Uh, we used to mm-hmm. watch that randomly. Amanda's really into it. I got into it for a while. 
but there's an episode where they're talking to someone like a legit like I don't it's not like the Pope, but it's like someone from Italy with like panache, <laughs> some some sort of uh, something, something, you know. And uh, and they're like, yeah, well, we have, you know, in Italy, we have like all this blah, 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 pasta and all this like, great stuff. And then uh, Kendra, the the youngest of the, the girlfriends is like, have you ever been to Olive Garden? It's so good. Never ending breadsticks, the salad, blah, blah, blah. And, like she says it with such like earnestness. Like it's my yeah. favorite Italian food. Have you have you tried it? That's how yeah. I imagine that. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Did we come up with a sink word mm. out of all of that? Do you think uh, I still just like Pantera bread? Pantera bread, you yeah. know? Hell yeah. All right. Dun 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 dun. Read. Dun 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 Digest. Dun 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 Bread. Dun 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 What do you say? That what do you say at the end? Holy shit. All right. This is going to be a good episode, man. Uh,. I, I will say that sometimes like people will be like, you know, it's Panera. Right. And I just like I got to stick with a bit. I'm like, I don't think so. Oh, oh you I do that like in real life. I've, I've heard the name Pantera before and I feel like it's in <laughs> <laughs> this corporate bread making company's name. Oh, my God. Where's do you know where Pantera the band is from? Uh, they're from your state of Texas, Steve. Oh, interesting. Because mm-hmm. Panera bread used to be St. Louis Bread Company. I was really hoping oh. that they were from St. Louis. And it's like, I think there's a conspiracy here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's technically from the South, right? St. So Louis, it all, Texas. It all counts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably one. There's a Palestine, sure, Texas. I mean, why not? Yeah, you know? why not? Could be like a street or an avenue or something. There shit. you go. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, all all right. right. So Pantera bread to sink okay. on three. One, two, three. Pantera, Pantera bread. bread. <laughs> blow up my voice before we start the show. What do you say? L-P-A-N.